side of the virtual hardwood, it's the NLSC Podcast, episode number 328. Andrew with you once again. I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter, joined by Derek, who is Deeper 3 in the forum and Deeper 384 on Twitter. Oh, happy to be here. Episode 328. Almost one for uh, every is, day of the year, yeah. That is unbelievable. We, we talked about this on a prior podcast. Um, I think it was with the Namo Gamo crew. Um, that most podcasts um, never last more than seven episodes. Is that, is that um, it? It's just seven episodes? I think that's what it was, yeah. Um, and, like, most either drop off or fail at that point, and you, you're at 328. So, you know, props to you. It, it's, it's funny. Crazy. I actually made my debut on the on the podcast in episode seven back in the day. I uh, I wasn't on the first six episodes. I was going to leave it up to, to John and Leftos, and... Uh, then they couldn't make it for a few weeks, and then John was unavailable and Leftos was, so I uh, I stepped in and uh, eventually became the, the main host again. So it's uh, once again, I, I just took over all the content on the LLC. That's crazy. Yeah, how many shows have we done? I think we've done, I want to say, is it around 20 now? It's uh, it's over 20. I can just check in the, uh, in the wiki. Um, I, th- I think you might be at, uh, yeah, I think you've done more than 25 now, I'm pretty sure. That's crazy. That's over 50 hours of talking hoop. It is. Yeah. That's impressive. That's good stuff. No, I love it. Like I just hearing the number 328 again, it's just, that's a lot. No, no it's, it's been, uh, we've been pretty consistent this year, so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we, there was a while there where we were missing weeks. Uh, obviously there's been a changeover in hosts and whatnot and availability and, and other things that, uh, have, have kept us from recording each and every week for the past eight years since we started the show in 2012 um yeah so so we have missed some weeks here and there i know we missed that week earlier in, in uh, february uh this year it happens sometimes but yeah we we have been uh, uh pretty consistent with it which is what we we aim to do and of course getting those interviews and uh, going to be reaching out to some other people pretty soon which i i mentioned to you before we started recording uh should be uh should be good pretty good that's the that's going to be more uh 25th anniversary of nba live uh, interviews that we'll be setting up uh, so I, I am looking forward to getting that done no, that would be awesome. No, you told me about that before the call. I like listening to the interviews with um, former producers and developers and, and whatnot. It's, like I said, one of the cool things that I like to, to do is I like to go back and play those games, oftentimes just to look at the art, just to look at what they were thinking, like the direction you know, at the time and the use of the technology. And then you can kind of put it together when, when, when you listen to your interviews with you know, developers of those games, you know, what, their, what their mindset was right when they were working on the game and 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 how it all came together so i I find it incredibly interesting the insights always are fascinating to to hear those those inside stories about everything it's it's why i I also obviously enjoyed uh getting uh, tim kitzrow on the show back uh last year as well and uh we've we've had other insights with uh, contemporary developers as well i'm i'm not sure how it's going to go moving forward because of course uh nba live being up in the air where we're going to be talking about that this week all the rumors about nba 2k um i'm not i'm not sure after all my uh critical articles whether we're actually gonna, we'll ever get anybody from 2k on the on the show again uh that remains to be seen uh just before we go on though uh this is your 28th episode so you are the 28 in uh, 328 here wow so wait was our first episode episode 300 uh no it's uh because you, you, you missed you missed a few because of the uh uh when i just did the interviews by myself ah oh, okay no that makes sense well oh, so 28 episodes that's pretty good so by the end of the year We'll be at 50-plus episodes together. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I would, I would okay. say so, yeah. And we'll be uh, on the way to uh, to 400 
we have to do something for 404 maybe we'll just do no episode 404 <laughs> page missing but uh, <laughs> the uh, the ultimate geeky inside joke on that one but uh Yes, we have some things to talk about this week, as we always do. Always find a way to talk about basketball games. That's uh, kind of what we do here at the NLSC and on the NLSC podcast. But the EA Play was this week, EA Play 2020. It was a digital event, as we alluded to in a previous show. Um, and no talk about NBA Live. No mention of NBA Live. No screenshots, no videos, uh, no uh, announcements or anything. Uh, it's uh, obviously disappointed a lot of people. Certainly, I, I have some level of disappointment myself Derek uh, that it, that we didn't hear anything it would have been certainly nice to hear something that was to get us hyped and uh, believe in the series again I, I suppose but at the same time I wasn't surprised a little disappointed because it would have been nice but not at all surprised well I mean there, there seemed to be a lot of disappointment in that event um, games that people wanted to see that they didn't get to see and um, and stuff like that a lot of questions um, more than hype and everything. I think part of the problem is is that it's just another case of EA Sports not communicating properly with people and also not putting making live a priority. You know, somebody pointed this out, and, and you, you remember the, the post, I want to say it was like 200 days ago or something. I can't remember the, the day count. Um, but on Twitter where EA Sports basically said, hey, we're not coming out uh, with NBA Live 20. Um, we're focusing on this and that and we'll be in touch. October. And it's like, well, October we'll, last year, I think. Yeah. 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 And in the post, they said that they would be, you know, updating us, I believe, and like staying in consistent contact and stuff like that. And we're now, um, you know, like I said, I want to say it's around 200 days or something like that or more since that post and they've said nothing that channel has said nothing about the future of nba live we have gotten nothing and i find it embarrassing um you know they don't show up at ea play um the silence is deafening which we've talked about i think we even had an episode called the silence is deafening we did uh yeah and it's just i don't understand it as big as the nba is i've talked about this so many times as big as the NBA is, as worldwide as it is, as, as global as it is, and um, the opportunity is unbelievable to make you know to 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 make a product that so many different people are going to play, and you know that space is wide open. I'm sorry, it is. There's only one competitor in that space. You're competing with one person. I just, I, I just don't, I don't understand it. And, and that, is a, that is a big competitor, obviously. Two K is a juggernaut in that space, but at the same time, they don't have the goodwill they used to. People are actually asking for NBA Live to to make a comeback because people aren't happy with what Two K has been doing, and they're either sick of the gameplay, certainly sick of microtransactions and whatnot, and not being listened to or feeling disrespected by the Two K's communication. But NBA Live's communication is, is obviously not doing it any better. And to your point, uh, October 30th, 2019 was when that um, that announcement was made, that, that update, I suppose, on the official NBA Live Twitter. So that is actually over 200 days because we're over 160 days through the year now. And that was, again, um, October 30th, uh, 2019. So there's over, over 60 days left in 2019 when that was posted. So over 200, around about 220, I guess, um, you know, roughly. Uh, since that was posted, more than more than half a year. And what's the language in that? Like, if you if you go back and look, I I, sh- I should quickly 
I've, I've, I've got it here in front of me. Uh, uh, for some time, yeah. we've been putting in reps on our console basketball games. We're excited by our progress, but remain hyper-ambitious, so we're not going to release NBA Live 20 this season alongside the NBA and NBA PA. We have our sights set on creating something fresh for the next generation of players and platforms. We know we need to earn our future every step of the way, so we're taking time to get it right for our players. We promise to check back regularly with updates, which is the uh, line you mentioned. Until then, we'll yep. be on the grind. Ellipsis. Uh, yeah, so we have not had any updates since then, and EA Play, as we said on a previous show, would have been a perfect time to, to do that, and it's not happened. Uh, not surprising, certainly disappointing. Uh, people are already de- already declaring the series dead, um, which is not the first time that's happened, but certainly it's as uh, irrelevant as it's ever been. Sadly, it's as, been, it's as lifeless as it's ever been, and... The, again, the silence is deafening. That's why we, we we mentioned that before, as you said. That that was the title of that episode, and it remains the case. Yeah, check back regularly with updates. Is that once every two years? Is that regular <laughs> yeah. for them? Is that the new regular? I just, I don't, like I said, it's it's insulting at this point, wouldn't you say? It's kind of insulting to the um, to the basketball gaming space in general, but to, to the fans. And I'm not saying fans of NBA Live. I'm not saying fanboys. I'm not saying that people support the who support the series. I'm talking about people who are fans of basketball, <clears throat> yeah, the NBA, yeah. who who and even fans of NBA 2K and people that like NBA 2K. It's 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 borderline insulting at this point. Either you're in or you're out. The well, playing games yeah. and lack of communication is is really frustrating. The the best case scenario for it is that it's disheartening. Even if, you don't, even if you don't want to say it's insulting, which you know I, I get where you're coming from and I, I don't disagree, if nothing else, it's disheartening because we haven't seen anything. If they are not checking in with updates, that suggests they don't really have anything great to show. I mean, I'd love to be wrong about that, but is that not the conclusion you can draw from a, from the silence? I mean, if there's no, if they had something really cool to show that they'd be working on, even if it's just a teaser, even if it's saying. It's not coming out this year, but look what's in the look what's cooking, and and showing some work in progress screenshots or footage or even some mocap of working with NBA players or something in the in the Tubiron Studios. We don't have anything like that. So there's no previews whatsoever, no hints, no teasers, uh, nothing, no, no no updates whatsoever. It's it's disheartening. It suggests that there's no, that there's nothing in the bag. There's nothing in the pipeline. You know, you know as well as I do that people are incredibly hungry for NBA Live to do something, to, for, for another competitor to do something. We've talked about it. There is fatigue. We've talked about it. Like, this is a thing. Yep. There's entire threads about this with, with 2K. There's People are looking for a new experience. This, and you know this is true. All listeners who are listening to this know this is true. If NBA Live, if EA Sports had done a 10-second teaser, if they were actually working on NBA Live 21, if they put a 10-second teaser out there with even, even like the Zion thing that 2K did, like just something, a 10-second teaser showing a little bit, a player dribbling a ball, and then at the end of it says NBA Live 21 in the works or, or something like that, the entire basketball community would have exploded, right? Yeah. It would have been amazing for EA Sports, even if it was just that. Everybody would have been talking about it. They would be like, oh, we're getting NBA Live 21, and oh, they didn't show us much, but it shows they're working on it. Just something. And even though they hadn't talked with us on their Twitter handle for over 200 days, that immediately, for most people, would probably get forgiven. 
just because they said, you know, they were coming out with somebody, they did some something. You know what I mean? They did something. And they couldn't even give us 10 seconds, which makes me wonder, which makes me wonder if are we getting a game? Yeah. Are we getting it? That, that's uh, what it comes down to. Because right. if they had shown 10 seconds, as you say, of something, a CGI trailer, something made with very early pre-alpha assets in whatever they're working on for PS5 and X1, presumably, uh, at least going by what they've said there in that statement last year, that that's what they appear to be doing. Or that's what, certainly what they imply. If, if they'd shown that 10 seconds, as you say, if nothing else, the bare minimum, even if people said, oh, look, it's, it's not... It's not great, or that could be better, or I still th- I still like 2K, or, or they're gonna have to wow me with modes, and it's it, it's more you know this isn't enough to really get me excited. The one you know the one thing it would have done it would have got people saying, hey, NBA Live isn't dead. There's a new game coming out at some point. Is it this year? Is it next year? I don't know, but <laughs> there is a game in the works. You can see what they're working on. They are working on something. When you see nothing, you, people do draw this conclusion that well they they had nothing to show, and are they do they have anything to show will they have anything to show is anything being worked on is it just are they rebuilding the team again is all this years being taken off is it going towards anything are they changing direction again uh, and all the things that have set the series back for a decade now are they just making the same mistakes it makes you wonder right. it's she yeah it's, it's the whole it's the whole thing you know she'd gets another t oh that's just she'd being she'd 2K, you know, EA Sports doesn't communicate anything. Oh, that's just EA Sports being EA Sports. It's just a continuation. Yeah. Um, I like Rashid Wallace a lot more than EA Sports right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But you, you kind of get the parallel. Just because Rashid Wallace is known for getting technical fouls and, and flapping his gums and whatnot, that doesn't always, you know, that's not, that's not good. That wasn't his best quality. But, you know, in, in EA Sports, there's this, this whole thing where, if we, if, you know, they don't even communicate. Like, that's consistent for them. That's something like Sheed for his whole career with the technical files. That's EA Sports is known for being like this communication-wise. That's just, that's just EA Sports being EA Sports, right? It's just, it's ridiculous. Well, even, like, even I, at the I, height I, of live, even at the height of live, it was always considered the least of their titles. It was, it was always considered the least... Uh, the least budget, the least uh, focus, the least quality, even when it was as... And, and there have been some great NBA Live games for their day. Don't get me wrong. I've talked about this in my retrospectives for the 25th anniversary and 20th anniversary of NBA Live in various Wayback Wednesday articles, forum posts, whatever. I will always push back on the idea that NBA Live has never done anything good because they have. But there has always been that talk that NBA Live has been the, the lower priority for the, the studio because it hasn't necessarily been their big... Uh, as big a seller as as Madden, NHL is, is obviously the home when it was EA Canada when it was being produced by EA Canada NBA Live. It was going to be secondary to the hockey game to NHL. Uh, FIFA is is worldwide soccer association football being as popular as it is worldwide. Uh, so NBA Live is always uh, as popular as the NBA has been has always kind of look, been looked upon as that uh, uh, that that second tier game. Despite how, how many talented people working on it, how many and how good those games were. They have done some great things with NBA Live, but even back in the day, that they were looked looked upon as secondary. So it it doesn't surprise me, uh, but it does disappoint me. It's it's hard to remain optimistic with with so many games in the past ten years on this generation, so many years skipped. 
you know, you bring up Rasheed Wallace. Uh, the, what's the difference between Rasheed Wallace and uh, and NBA Live is that uh, Rasheed Wallace appeared during the 2013 season, uh, albeit briefly. Um, <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, so yeah. Rasheed Wallace spent more time with the Hawks than the NBA NBA Live has spent during many seasons. Mm, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 36 minutes or whatever he played with the Hawks. It's uh, yeah, ridiculous. Good game. Yeah, really, good game. one game. Well, like I say, I still want to do that uh, at, at some point. Do, do, do the roster of obscure teams or obscure stints, and just have the that one game that he played that Hawks roster in the game to go up against the 2005. You know, to go up against their opponents, it'd be funny. Uh, well, Antoine Walker with his number uh, number 88 as well for a couple of games. Just these uh, these rare things. But anyway, yeah, it's mm, Tim yeah. Hardaway number five. When was that? You remember that? He was a rookie, Tim Hardaway. Oh, he, he that's right, number... that's right. He was too. Yeah. Weird. Like I was looking at, um, I was looking at basketball cards, and I'm like, Tim Hardaway number five just looks wrong. Like in a Warriors jersey, yeah, it just looks weird. So. Uh, Gary Payton number two in his rookie season. Yeah, Dana Barris number um, three. I want to say, yeah, he was number three with the SuperSonics until he ended up being eleven um, later on. No crazy definitely some weirdness going on with that but uh nba live you know we want to hear something we want to we want to have that second game in the space as we've said so many times before uh going back to conversations with with ben and kenny uh on the show um you know before you joined the show that was a recurring theme then and it's uh it's hard not to sound like a broken record about it but unfortunately uh, Live's track record is becoming, you know, a broken record. It, it is becoming very repetitive. The situation, and NBA Live Mobile continues to be a thing. That's just not going to interest me. I know it does interest people, and I'm, I don't begrudge anyone for that. It's it's just not my thing, and uh, and we we want to have that proper com- uh, competitor, an alternative to NBA 2K, and uh, yeah, it's EA Play was uh seems like a disappointment across the board as you said i don't think anybody was uh, particularly enthralled by it uh it with madden they're talking about how franchise mode has basically got the same description as last year uh, i think unless you were looking for a new skate game it's uh it was a letdown and, and certainly for the basketball gamers like us uh very much a letdown and uh and, and hard to yeah hard to be optimistic to remain optimistic that a game is going to come out at some point because it just seems to be one setback after another. And if they're going to repeat the same mistakes as far as putting the team together and rebooting and changing direction and getting behind with the technology, it's just going to be uh, Duke Nukem forever on the basketball court, on the virtual hardwood. Well, let's go back to the mobile thing that you mentioned. You know, it doesn't really interest you. The, ba- the, the bottom line with that is, is people want to game on a bigger screen. People want to game with be- the, with the best graphics people want to game um you know with a video game controller and with a headset on right yep and there's the thing is is none of that is in mobile mobile will always be its own um unless you're talking about like i'm not going to call a mindless game just like like inferior depth right in games like if you if that's what you're searching for um and graphics don't matter to you then i think mobile is is you know the way to go and i'm not saying mobile can't be popular or big popular or big but when you're talking about sports games when you're talking about games that need to be more involved that need to stand out and look beautiful and all of that stuff you know mobile will never be able to compete 
So, um, yeah, I, I just think I think the, the focus on mobile, you know, maybe they do decent with it, but it would never compare to if they made a really good NBA game for on the console um, no, on no. the consoles. Not at all. So. Not at all. And that's what people are holding out to hope for. And yeah, it's it's one of those things where a live EA is going to have to to bring it when they finally return, if they finally return. And in the meantime, again, they, to uh, to pull out that saying that uh, that cliche, but silence is deafening, and we do need to see those uh, regular updates. Certainly, as it gets closer to something coming out with the new generation. Because right now people have no faith that the game is going to come out, let alone if it's going to be good, and uh, that's that's a uh, a low that NBA Live has uh, danced around before, but it's it's never been lower, it's never been less relevant, and it's it's a, it's a shame because it does have a a rich history. There was a time again when it was the the premier uh, basketball sim. Two K has since taken that crown and, and gone to new heights that uh, Live uh, wishes it ever reached. I'm sure, but. That's that's is the world we live in. That that is the uh, as basketball gamers uh, within our hobby at least. It's uh, it's it's a shame, and it's 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 the only way to restore people's faith in the brand and to actually get people to believe that the game is coming out is to is to actually communicate that and to show some updates and like you said, a, a ten second trailer, a teaser of some kind at EA Play twenty twenty would have been uh, would have been fantastic. But it, it does seem that. No, we've been let down and everyone's been let down by it. So it's, uh, um, yeah, I, I slept in and, and didn't see the, the updates until I, I kind of caught up on them later in the day. Uh, and, uh, oh, I didn't miss anything. So I didn't miss anything to post, any news-wise, which was, uh, on one hand, it was kind of a relief that I didn't sleep through it. Uh, but on the other hand, it would have been nice to wake up to. So, yeah, uh, a damn shame. Kind of reminds me of a like EA Sports with NBA Live. Kind of reminds me of like an NBA player that like hangs around too long in the league or just like refuses to retire. Like, li- listen, hang them up. Like, announce that if you if you're not going to make a game and you're not going to communicate with us and all of this stuff, um, but you're gonna you're gonna try to tell us like that you're gonna make a comeback and all that stuff and you're gonna lie to us, just hang them up. Like, tell us like get rid of your EA Sports NBA Live channel at this point and just don't come back until you have something or just be gone. Like that's how frustrating it is. Maybe, that's, know maybe that's, that. maybe that's what they're doing. Right. <laughs> in, like, in, not, in, in not so many words. Right. Like Penny Hardaway shouldn't have come back for the Miami heat. Let's be honest. Honest. Mm-hmm. Alan Houston tried to make a comeback. It didn't work. So at this point, um, I know that's kind of a weird comparison, but sometimes I, I feel like right now they're just like hanging around. You know what I mean? And they're not, you know, retire, like retiring from it. Like they're unwilling to separate themselves from the basketball gaming space, but at the same time, they're not putting the effort into the game. It's a weird combination. I don't know. No, I do see what you're saying. It's, it's as far as our community goes and, and other modding communities and uh, programming uh, design communities where they make uh, indie, indie games or whatever, or certainly with modding communities, it, it's like the person that's all, and this is going to sound very bad considering how long I've been working on these damn 2K11 rosters, but it's like the person who always talks about there's something in the works. They may show a screenshot now and again, but they just go quiet for months and, and people will say, oh, you know, is, is something happening? And they'll come back and, yeah, we've got some great updates for you. And then you never see anything else and there's no progress being made. It's, it's they, they only post to to announce that there's going to, an announcement or announce that something's being happening. Um, yeah, and it's... It's a shame, and like I say, very hypocritical of me at the moment with how long I'm taking with these damn rosters. But uh, it's it's stringing people along, and it's and but you're updating people. 
we're not getting anything. You know what I mean? Like you're updating consistently. There's not 200 days where Andrew hasn't given us an update on 2K11. Yeah. I mean, you know it, I mean? it's like also it's, it's also a mod for a game rather than a, a product as well. So it's it's not quite the same, but it, but it's it's yeah, it's a lack of communication. Only only communicating to give a vague update, like the the one back in October that really that tells us nothing and, and doesn't give us much hope. Well, I have my fingers crossed again that you know whether it's them or somebody else that somebody actually does come back and give a full effort, but. I'm just, I'm not feeling it. The AEA play thing, we already knew they weren't going to show up. Like, we already knew that that, that wasn't going to be talked about, but after it happens and that it, that it doesn't get brought up, it just reaffirms what we, we already believe, so. True, true. A game that is coming out, of course, is NBA 2K21. That much we do know. We don't know much about it uh, for sure at the moment, ex- except uh, that it's going to be on the next generation, generation of consoles. We talked last week about whether what's going to happen with the PC version and uh, and whatnot, um, that's still up in the air. A lot of things are up in the air, but we are at this point of the preview season where uh, where it's tipped off because officially now we know this 2K21 is coming out. We've got our first glimpse of the next gen, so we, we've got the teaser trailer last week of the teaser of teasers. That second uh, uh, trailer they put out that uh, didn't do much for you or I, at least. So we, we do have that. The preview season is officially underway, but now we've hit that lull. It always happens after that, uh, that original announcement, that first announcement of the previous season where we're just waiting for news. And, of course, this is when everybody is booking, putting out uh, clickbait. We're, they're looking for leaks. We're looking for any information we can. And, of course, some information has uh, allegedly leaked. There's a lot of information out there, or certainly talking points that are out there, people that are claiming that uh, certain things are going to be in the game, whether they are or not, is... Uh, uh, you know, well, that's actually what we're going to talk about right now because there has been some supposedly leaked information, and uh, yeah, you and I are kind of skeptical about it. Yeah, sixty-eight college teams supposedly being added to the game, with um, <laughs> in a paragraph from supposedly official site, like a release site, G two A. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. And when you look through the paragraph, you can just tell something's off like a hyphen between my and league, um, a, a small K on NBA 2K, um, you know, between 2K and 21. Um, no space between 2K, yeah. grammar issues, yeah, grammar issues and stuff like that. It, it, like, I, like I said to you before the call when we were looking at it, it's like, it sounds like it could be official, but the way it's organized and the grammatical errors spelling all of that stuff um you just know it's not like you know that that's not legit it's it's kind of presented in the way that those blurbs are so i'll give them credit for presenting it that way uh just some of the language as you say they've used there's those little those little points and i put out that video last year the uh in the the style of 1950s psa uh, clickbait new with uh skip teague ride is the uh the character i did for that um (laughs) yeah bring that voice back again um the things like you said the little k in 2k experience i'm just looking to make sure that experience is actually spelled correctly because that wouldn't surprise me uh, no space between nba and 2k21 uh, my career uh, is not stylized with the caps uh, for career usually it's m uh, capital m small y uh, lowercase y and uh, all capitals for career same as my team and my league uh, that is not done there's a hyphen between play and now for play now um, there is a 
just where is it uh, here looking at the screenshot uh it is worth to mention that my career has been completely rebuilt uh that is not good english and i'm, I'm not making fun of, of non-english speakers but uh 2k being uh, an american company is going to actually have a, a proofread um statement that it's going to be better english than that even if they did release uh for 2k13 at uh, the alternate jersey of the thunder spelled thudner you know that although i still think that was somebody having to go at how they didn't like that jersey um that's that's my conspiracy theory for the day um you look at that paragraph there are things in there that sound plausible they may be they may possibly be based on leaks that are i do have some truth to them but looking at the way that is well, uh, they're using the wrong it's without the apostrophe. The more you read it, the more you can see how, what an amateur job it is of, uh, of possibly faking it. And this is what we get every point of this year before concrete information comes out. And unfortunately, it gets spread by people that do have a large following, by influencers and other sites and, and content creators that have that large following. And, and people don't take it with a grain of salt, and they get taken in year after year by stuff like this. Uh, 68... Uh, college teams i mean it's it's possible with some of the new licensing that's been signed it, it also sounds too good to be true uh it's, and all the all access to all 68 college teams there's more than 68 college teams in the ncaa the more you read of it I, i'm th- the more i'm thinking that somebody has just has just made shit up quite frankly well, there's a couple things. There's, there's a couple things with this is like you said people like believe it people don't take the time to recognize a fraud like they don't look at look enough into it they don't try to dissect it to see if it's real like the nba 2k21 news twitter handles there's quite a few of them but a lot of them have one i shared with you has forty five thousand followers right mm. so they read this forty five thousand follower nba 2k handle on twitter retweeted this as legit some people in the comments picked up on it and said i don't know if this is true and then a lot of people were like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, yes, this is like, this is great. And they're falling for it. But they don't take the time to look at it to see it, the, see it for the fraud that it is. The other thing, too, so, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's the thing. And we talked about this before the call. It's this, the misinformation spreads like crazy at the height of social media on the height of access today. Mm. But they do have the new, the new NCAA deal. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point 2K – um, instead of creating a separate college game, tries to corner that market in with 2K and, and use that as additional content, right? Like so now, now not only do you have the all-time teams and the classic teams for the NBA, but now you also have, um, you know, a select number of college teams. Um, I wouldn't be surprised Possibly. if yeah. they, they tried to do that. Um, do I think this is the year? No, it's too short, too short notice. I don't think they. I, I think that that deal was just recently made. 68 teams is an awful lot of teams to add. Um, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, could they possibly, once again, integrate the NCAA into my career now that the licensing deal is in there and maybe even include some, because they talked about this, about players getting you know paid and stuff like that, You know, college students getting paid. You know, Maybe do they add some real players? into the NCAA portion of my career. I mean, in, in real teams, that's possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past them. Maybe you have to, you know, do the, maybe that's part of your path, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think that the new deal does pose questions, but there's no way in hell they're putting 68 new college teams into 2K21. Which, just, when it seems know, too good to be true. 
that that's yeah. when you look at these these things that people have put out there that who who's got this information where's it coming from and, and i know people don't give up their sources but there's a lot lot of people who cover 2k that have that aren't connected and, and they're not running with this and they're not confirming it they're not denying it either i suppose but 68 teams uh, which is kind of a weird number actually because it's not again it's not all teams and 68 uh, the, the 64 would make a, a bracket 68 68 would just give you four extra on top that you could possibly swap in seems like a kind of a, a weird number uh 97 all new haircuts uh unique power-ups uh, so we're getting uh nba 2k jam apparently uh NBA 2k street uh now there's th- there's things in here that uh, that sound like educated guesses where they talk about a wide range of design and clothing i mean you have that in 2k20 so that wouldn't surprise me that's you know, that's like saying there's going to be 30 NBA teams, 30, reg- 30 current NBA teams in NBA 2K21. I can tell you that right now. There's going to be a basketball in the game. There's going to be basketball rules in the game. You, you know, know what? You know what I think they do, though, is, is when they do that is they're taking, like, these – they're fraudsters. That's what they are, let's be honest. Um, yeah. What they're doing is they're, they're taking information probably from prior releases and mixing it in with the new crap. That's yeah. what I think. That, yeah. That's probably something. That's probably verbatim. That's probably something that they literally said in a release of like 2K19 or or 2K20. Well, and now they just me. Yeah. Right. And, or, or if anything else, it's based on something that that is actually in 2K20. It's, it's an educated guess of what's going to be in 2K21. Um, they're talking about the main hub, the world. There, ha- there has been some things that people have found out about that. That's that's plausible. That they might be revamping the neighborhood into the world or something like that. That wouldn't surprise me as a next-gen idea, because uh, I've, I've been wondering what they're going to be doing with that. Uh, the neighborhood has, has stagnated a bit in the last couple of 2K games. Uh, that was a, a big thing, if you, if you recall, before the release of 2K20, that people were asking for new parks. And and, and Ronnie actually shot down the, huh, that is, that's not the parks. You think there's going to be, they think it's just the one park? And it turns out you do have the same neighborhood. It's just there's some seasonal changes and things like that with events but pretty it is pretty much the same neighborhood so it was one of those weasel words of technically technically correct but not quite correct in what they were talking about or, or or mixed messages mixing you know he's talking about one thing and they're talking about something else so and people people were disappointed that the, the neighborhood in 2k20 was much like 2k19 personally i, th- I thought it was fine uh, but i also see the need of getting new new maps things like that so if they're going to expand it into a whole open world experience which i think is the last thing that it needs i think there's a lot of things i would add to my career let alone the rest of the game uh before i make a whole open world experience although it is an interesting idea uh if that's going to happen i could see it being 2k world or the world or something like that there's been hints of that so it's it's possible unique power hub all new haircuts (laughs) reminds me of uh, running 2k's twitter this is uh you know we're more than a barbie dress-up game um which is uh, which age age like milk but you know (laughs) <laughs> let's go super next gen how about this how about we go super realistic why don't we have courts that you show up to and there's puddles on the ground mm. you want to go real really realistic like when we were younger and we were playing at the park and everything why don't we you know why don't why don't we have puddles on the ground and you can you know there's water physics and you step on them and they slow you down or or why don't we you know oh. why don't we have you know change of seasons now you know you're playing and maybe there's a little bit of snow and maybe now you're, you're playing around ice and stuff hey we played in the winter remember well that's, we that's, that kind of happens but, in the current neighborhood in 2k20 it kind of does not not to that extent with the the water physics uh, I, I mean well it kind of it kind of feels like you're running in mud sometimes so it's <laughs> it's already that 
But, uh, right. Uh, but then maybe your mom comes in. Like, maybe, like, you hear, like, a horn, and you have, like, a your time limit, and your mom's waiting to pick you up or something, and you <laughs> have to finish the game, and then you have to leave. Why don't, we, why don't we go super crazy? No, I think some of this stuff is ridiculous. I have to be completely honest. I think that... Um, we've talked about this. Is it, t- you know, do they continue with the neighborhood, right? Yeah. And we, we've said, do they continue with the RPG elements? They're already so deep into it. You know, would it be smart to go away from it? The bottom line is, I don't think that a lot of this stuff belongs in a basketball game. I think that they can give people an appropriate um, pickup experience and um, hopefully appropriate matchmaking, you know, a good experience without having all of this extra stuff it it just doesn't belong in my opinion in a, in a basketball game the thing is and i totally agree but um i, I saw a tweet and i've actually I've, I've dropped an article about this it's um actually i've, I've edited it as well as coming out soon uh it's, it's based on a, on a tweet that uh that brian mazik put out there talking about first of all the irrelevance of nba live as far as 2k is concerned which as again going back to what we opened the show with is unfortunately true but he, he noted that games the, the the games that they're competing with for audience and trying to appeal to are things like call of duty or fortnite so very popular games at the moment with very very big uh, followings and that is true and i think that's also very problematic because and it is very hard to say this without sounding like i'm gatekeeping because i do think basketball games should be for everyone uh, but i do think they should first and foremost cater to that basketball fan the hardcore basketball gaming crowd and then build out from there but if they are trying to go off with that demographic, maybe that younger new demographic that NBA Live is talking about and has not, not been able to tap into, they're going for things, for the people who are into things like Fortnite or Call of Duty and bringing new maps and different campaigns and live events and cosmetic items and premium cosmetic items and all these kinds of things, race cars in the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff. They're going for that crowd that's into that kind of stuff and is not necessarily caring about the minutiae of does... Does Chris Paul, you know, does he go left this often? Does uh, does Ben Simmons shoot this percentage from this point on the floor? Should this player be doing this or that? Do they have the right jump shot? Who cares? We just want the metagaming. We want something that resembles basketball but is not necessarily a realistic depiction of it. If that's the crowd they're going for, and it feels like they are moving more and more into that, at, at the same time trying to get an esports league going with, with actual basketball and appealing to basketball fans, it feels like the game is going in so many directions and trying to be this big monolith that that is part of the problem. It's it's kind of losing some of its direction. I mean, Live has a problem with its direction, but 2K kind of does as well. And if, if any of this stuff is being added, and again, this does seem like it's uh, like it's BS that people are putting out there for clickbait and everything, which is a big problem at this time of the year, as I said. But yeah, I mean, ha- haircuts for customization of players is important. But but like you say, they could be pulling a lot of these things from previous, uh, previous blurbs about the games and making stuff up to... But, but they are obviously doing things like putting designer clothing in the game at uh, ridiculous VC prices. And it does feel like they're going after that crowd that is really into that kind of stuff, which is not necessarily the hardcore basketball audience. People, people don't listen. This is, this is the, this is the truth. People don't want their call of duty mixed with their um, NBA. They don't want those mechanics missed. You know, you know what I mean? You know, we don't want similarities in our NBA games as our call of duty. People don't want that. They, they want a different experience. Obviously, they still want to play online because that's what's pushed. You know, they want to do the matchmaking and they want to play in the park and stuff, but they want to play basketball. They want to get on the game and play basketball. 
they don't want the mechanics to be similar to, like you said, the Fortnite and the and Call of Duty and stuff like that. Even from a connectivity standpoint, um, they don't want it to be exactly the same. So I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like you said, the number one focus should be on the basketball accuracy, the basketball element of it, and giving people the best basketball experience. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't feel like 2K has been focused on that, especially in the last three years. I mean, when I say that they're trying to be more like those games, I think it is more in those mechanics of of loot boxes, of of cosmetic items, of, of running around a game world in the in the my career space, in the my career mode. So obviously, it's still going to be basketball at its core. Is it going to be simulation uh, basketball? Just... But yeah, they are going for that younger new demographic, probably that that live is uh, talked about it and, and didn't tap into. So the live events, things like that. Um, I mean, you talk about puddles. Are there going to be puddles of sweat? Because, uh, you know, that that seems to be the big uh, selling point. I don't see anything about sweat in this uh, this welcome to the next generation uh, blurb here on this uh, on this screenshot. So, you know, you know that there's there's your sign right there that it's uh, <laughs> it's not the not, not legit. Um, it is, as you say, a mixing some of those plausible elements and possibly uh, previous blurbs in with that. And, and making educated guesses because again there was there's going to be designer clothing there could well be uh, all new haircuts whether there's going to be 97 of them custom tattoos possible unique power ups the more you read it as I said it it sounds uh, ridiculous but there are things that uh, you know are... what do you think of takeover like what do you think of don't you consider that pretty arcade I I do yeah I mean it's not called a power up in the traditional sense but it kind of is. It doesn't, doesn't it feel like, yeah. And then when, like, your opponent gets power up, um, every, like, your defender, I don't know, you're, he turns into Super Gary Payton. And, it, like, yeah. you try to dribble under him and you just keep dropping the ball. It and feels like it, the like, early attempts, like Freestyle Superstars, the early attempts to have that play differentiation and and, and set some players apart with more powerful attributes. It, it feels like a very last-gen idea, a very old idea that they've kind of brought back. That's uh, th- yeah. That, that um, I've never really found a benefit to it. Or maybe it's just the the archetypes that I've had in in my career. Uh, certainly, I've suffered from other <laughs> people using it online. But uh, it do- it does feel very unbalanced, and that that is a problem with with two K online. That lack of balance, the lack of matchmaking. I've, I've written many articles about this. Mentioned this in many articles and in the forum. Uh, the idea of, of Got Next. Look, I I get the point of Got Next. It is the idea of going to the, into that world. Uh, you know, it was, it was there from the original park mode in uh, in the park in uh, NBA 2K14 when it was added post-launch. You go there, you line up with Got Next, just like you've gone down to your local park to play. But it is literally, literally simulating the worst part of any activity, which is waiting in line to do the activity. And it's the way it's set up is a lot of people can jump off when they see if they don't like the look of you. Uh, that leads to a lot of toxicity, a lot of people standing around and not playing. Uh, because there's no proper matchmaking within skill levels or rep levels or, or how, or how uh, rate, overall ratings or anything uh, within the neighborhood, within the playground, you've got uh, people there who are, are new. And the, the, you've got the, the veterans and you've got the newbies. And the veterans don't want to play with the newbies, uh, but by and large, which is understandable. But at the same, point, at the same time, you can't become a veteran unless you get the experience. But to get the experience, you need to have experience to play. It's it's kind of like the people that say you, you need, uh, when you go for a job, and that they want you to have uh, both a degree and five years in the uh, in the industry, but you can't get five years, <laughs> you can't get the job 
if you don't have the experience, but you need the experience to get it. You know what I mean? It's it's the same thing with the online scene in NBA 2K. Uh, it's very toxic without matchmaking. The same in Pro-Am. And the bewildering thing is that they've got the eSports League. They've got the NBA 2K League going, and yet their online scene has never been worse. The game, we've talked about this before. First off, that's, you know, what you were just talking about is how they get people a lot of times to spend money, right? To yep. do the microtransactions, to put more money into the game and stuff like that because they don't want to be that outcast. You know what I mean? That yep. person that can't game and, and to be looked at, you know, wearing, like you said, the default clothes and stuff like that. So that's definitely a part of it. You know, as far as the 2K League, we talked about this on, a, on one of the first episodes that, you know, we ever did together. And... I'm going to tell you something. 2K18 was the worst start ever for the 2K League. It is the worst game that they could have started with. Yeah. Uh, I think what happened was is that was the, the first season was not received well, um, in large part because of the game they chose to start with. And I, don't, I honestly don't think they've ever recovered from it. I think there's a couple of different factors. I think the game that they started with um, hurt it, but then also... How many people do you think are going to get sit down and watch an entire game? Yeah, I mean, you know it's, I mean? it's only ESPN now, so, so it's it's getting some exposure. It was not getting very uh, kind remarks when it was on the NBA's Facebook page, so they've kind of cut that out because the NBA was sh- sharing that on Facebook and Twitter, and all the comments were saying, "Why are you sharing this garbage? You know, this is we, we want real basketball, not this." You know, and it's because it didn't. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I've just uh, this is I've talked about this before. It didn't look good. It didn't. The no. gameplay does not look good. Not only because of the camera view they use, um, not and I'm not saying it's not a popular camera. It's just not a good camera to watch basketball action on. Number one. Number two. It doesn't look good. The play the the players play. It's all over the place. There's free rides to the hoop. There's no strategy. They're just. It's like I don't. There is no appeal to watching that, in my opinion. Like for me, and and I, I think that's with a lot. Of yeah. Speaking of broadcast camera, do you know that there's a lot of people in the 2K community right now that make fun of people who play on broadcast camera? Like, yeah, it's a, so I... Yeah. Um... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a thing now. It's a thing now. Uh, what, why? I, I know we all get tribal about our preferred modes, our preferred settings, whether you're on the hardest difficulty or what. You know, There's all kinds of gatekeeping going on, but really, broadcast camera? And not just like a, oh, you know, that's different, but a, like... You know, a, you know, LOL fail kind of, you know, you're playing a broadcast camera. Like really, why, you know, is, is this, is this how, you know, we're the grumpy old men here, obviously Derek, but is this what we've come to making fun of people play, for should playing I, on broadcast camera? Should I, should I feel ashamed because I don't want my camera to spin on every change of possession and I that know. I want to see the game the way I've watched it my entire life. So should I feel ashamed because I like to have that, my view of, um, um, what is it called? Not point of view, but um, uh, anyway, like, but my my like because I want to see clear my distance between the sidelines, like where my feet are, and then like the out of bounds lines as well. And I like to be able to see how close I am to out of bounds line under the basket. And when I drive baseline, I want to be able to like go reverse and see it in that broadcast. Like I don't understand. Listen. I have never made fun of anybody for playing on 2K cam. Mm. I get, I get why some people do it. First off, a lot of people have done it since the first 2K, or since they started playing, so they're comfortable with it. You and I have talked about this—the comfort level yeah. of playing on a camera view and how long you've done it and how hard it is to switch. 
I understand that. I understand that people, quote unquote, want to feel like they are the player, like they are behind the action, which it never felt like that to me on 2K Cam. It, it never felt like I was the player, like the point guard or whatever. Um, you know, some people like that aspect of it. But for to make fun of somebody for using a certain camera view, come on. Like, there's a terrible camera view that some people use, and I do. I think it's terrible. I think it's called Drive. Oh, that's actually, uh, that's actually the one I use in my career. Uh, I, I, okay. I, I like it for my career and online. Uh, for anything else, I use Broadcast. No, when I say terrible, I'm talking about five on five. You know the way I play. Like I'm talking about. Like, oh, I, w- I would not. Yeah, I, w- I would not use it for non-player lock. It, it is for me a perfect yeah. player lock. Yeah. For for five on five, no, that's why I play a broadcast in five on five. The drive cam, yeah, I, I don't know why you would play that when you're controlling all the players. It's it's great for the you know for, for the way I like to play my career in the online modes. It, it works really well with the vision, you know, the, the, that angle of the court and everything. But yeah, when you when you're controlling five players. No, because it hides part of the players because it's, it's oh, your perspective. People do. And by the way, I want to point something out. I have never gone on. There was a guy who did this on the NLC who said I use drive and he showed video, doctored video, but he showed it. And, you know, I said, you know, I never have gone on and said, man, why are you playing on this view? This view sucks or fail or, you know, who, you know, you know, this is, you know, the, you're trash. People say this. You're trash because you a play lesser, on that you're camera. a lesser player what? if you if you have this option. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. So no, I agree. I, I think the broadcast thing is unbelievable. Like how uh, how broadcast is inferior to 2K cam. I will never understand that. I can give as many reasons why there's advantages to broadcast cam as there would be for 2K cam mm, for somebody yeah. else. And, and so. again, it, it comes down to personal preference, and and as you say, comfort. Uh, it, it was an issue. The, the camera angles for the 2K League. The big problem, as you said, is the quality of 2K18, or was the quality of 2K18. It just boggles the mind that we have the eSports League, and yet the online experience, the 2K, NBA 2K League, and the online experience in NBA 2K18, 19, 20 has just been going downhill. You know, we, we don't... The way they change it, there's more gatekeeping with Pro-Am. They've taken the AI players out of Pro-Am. Because we, we, we want to have the... Pro-Am is the home version of the 2K League, which sounds nice in theory, but the way it's implemented without the matchmaking and everything and, and with, <laughs> with all the other stuff is just pointless anyway. And, and again, you need to have those both the casual and competitive options. I refer to Rocket League here a lot in articles as well because it has some great matchmaking options, matchmaking logic, casual and competitive settings for people who just want to get on. And even the casual settings, you know, the word casual obviously has negative connotations within gaming so many times especially with when you're talking about competitive when you because I, I have played both competitive and casual uh, settings with a friend in in rocket league on pc and the casual settings are still very competitive it's just for people who aren't the highest skill trying to make it into a pro league or or get the upper you know be the best absolute best at the game that they're in the competitive space and even when you are in the competitive space the matchmaking based on your ranking is very well done it also resets every uh, every season and and people tank their ratings so there's always going to be those problems with people trying to uh, to rot the system but you, there's nothing there's not even an attempt to have a system like that in 2k and so we have all this toxicity you have people jumping off refusing to play in playground so you've got these very popular modes that people aren't playing uh, the, there's, there's all kinds of problems with the balance and the archetypes and things within the mode itself, which is a, a whole other issue. But the simple idea of, of having these very appealing modes, these very 
unique ways of playing online team play uh, in NBA 2K, and, and they're just going to waste because they're just not implemented well. That's what needs to change in in NBA 2K21 and, and moving forward. We don't need an open world. An open world is an interesting idea, but all of that is just fluff at the end of the day if the basketball experience is subpar. And it, it again, just boggles the mind that we've got the 2K League going, and yet the it, it, it has done nothing. And I said this at the time. I wrote an article about it and said, uh, and you can go back and read it, I said the, the big problem with the NBA 2K League and why, I mean, there's lots of problems. 2K18 didn't draw people in. It was a, it was a poorly received game and it didn't look good being played. So that was a problem. There was a problem with the camera angles and problem with the trying to get an audience of, of people who just didn't want to watch esports at all, or certainly not NBA 2K anyway. And then on, on top of everything else, it does nothing for the average gamer. The idea that people are getting paid to play this game, well, we have to pay to to play a game that is not fun to play online. It has all these problems with the online mode that no, no benefit has come from the 2K League to the average consumer is a very poor selling point for the 2K League and a very bad look for NBA 2K Online. Absolutely. And, and they're getting paid decent too, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be doing this, to put out this product. And I'm sorry, I, I, I'm, I'm saying this and it makes, and I'm not trying to sound elitist or anything, but it's not good basketball. I don't know if any any of you listeners want to go on and, and take a look at some of the highlights and some of the, the gameplay. Like you said, it's on ESPN now, which, by the way, I didn't even know. Um, but you know, go go on and look at some of the highlights and the gameplay. It's just a mess. The on-court action is a mess. And they, they, they're, by the way, the poor game mechanics really stand out Yeah, when you're watching the 2K League. Um, well, the can animations. It's an exploit the, show. The can moments stand out. And that's what separates yep. it from a game like Rocket League, which has, a, again, a very great, uh, very great, has a, a, an exceptional, uh, there we go, that's, that's some good English for you, it has an exceptional online scene and also a very successful esports league. And it's, it is that quality because Rocket League doesn't have the same animation problems as 2K as far as playing out. So it's, it's not necessarily your success. It is, has the computer, has the game picked the right animation for you? And there's so many canned moments with NBA 2K's mechanics that it doesn't it doesn't lend itself to good esports, at least not watching. It's probably more fun to play. It's one of those, because it, it it's, has been fun. When 2K is fun online, it, it is pretty fun, but I wouldn't want to watch it. You know, a great game that would have been the best starting point for them, I think, on this gen would have been 2K16. Yeah, uh, 2K16 was incredibly well-received. It didn't have the... Um, the canned animations, um, as many can, not even close to as many canned animations. It had, um, you know, less holes in the gameplay. It had sharper defensive mechanics. Um, it had more basketball, like, like real basketball. And I think more strategy would have had to be used. And I think it would have been more enjoyable to watch. Yes. Even in the 2k cam. Um, but I just think 2k 18 being the, the starting point of the league was absolutely terrible. I think that was the worst, the worst game they could have started started with, but yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think, I think part of the problem is is that, they, like you said, there's no benefit to the gamer, and it's not fun to watch. So, where do you where do you get your audience? And two K eighteen already had the problem with goodwill with having forced people to pay for haircuts and things like that. We've gone into that in depth many times, and I've mentioned that in many right. articles as well. It was just such a bad game to start with, and and the lack of goodwill with two K does dribble over into these, you know, no pun intended, it, it does run over into these uh, 
other things that they're doing like the NBA 2K League because if you're not feeling great about the product if you're buying it just because you want a basketball game to play a new basketball game to play you'll you'll do it and you'll grin and bear it and you'll grit your teeth between grit your teeth as you play all of the play play games and experience all of the legacy issues and whatnot you'll put up with it because it's enjoyable to some extent in some way but you're not going to go out of your way to to buy special editions or spend money on the game or watch the NBA 2K League, which gives you no benefit. Uh, you're paying people to pay, play a game while you are being forced or certainly very strongly encouraged to play to actually enjoy the game, VC upgrades, etc. So it, it's just it's just a bad look all around. And uh, even if, even if the 2K League was a was a really fun thing to watch, which some people might enjoy it, and, and hey, look, more power to you. Look, we're not uh, I'm not judging people for that. If you if it is fun, um, I, I don't think it is, but. And, and you don't know, but if people are enjoying it, that's that's fine. But there is no benefit to the gamer, basically, and that that's what it comes down to. And 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 the fact that we are getting, it is not just not benefited the online experience for two K, but it has gotten worse. That the that the service is still a problem. That there's still a lack of balance in the in the archetypes and the and the gameplay. The takeover is such a problem online when it absolutely is. Uh, that they, they still have to wait around for ages, ages to get a, a game in the park, in, in playground. Uh, the, the, it's this toxic atmosphere where people are jumping off and exiting the game and quitting games two two minutes in because they're not out to a twenty nil lead at the start of the game, and and you have to go into the wreck because you can no longer have less than five users on a pro am team, and as you used to be able to. And there's no matchmaking options that would allow people who don't want AI players and players who do want AI players or who are willing to have AI players just to get a game and not have to play with toxic randoms. <laughs> you know, the fact that there are no matchmaking options like that after all this time and in a in an era where there is a 2K League and they want to have the home version of the 2K League in Pro-Am, again, just boggles the mind how, it's, how sloppily it's done. And that's the kind of stuff we need long before an explorable open world or even 68 college teams, or, or 97 new haircuts, unique power-ups, everything. Uh, and, and getting back to that, the the blurb. I mean, should we? we we've talked about that. We've we've broken it down here. Uh, should we give some tips on on how to avoid clickbait? I mean, I, I put out the PSA, and I will share share it again because I'm quite proud of that video. Uh, it was quite fun to do. Um, but sh- but shall we share some tips on how to uh, protect yourself from clickbait this previous season? Right. Uh... I guess, yeah, you could. I mean, you could, I think you should do an article on that. But, you know, the biggest thing is check for grammar, check for consistencies, um, really read through the paragraph and the information, um, and look at the website that's sharing it. Go to the website yourself, because often screenshots screenshots are manipulated. Um, But, yeah, you have to want to take the time to you know, dissect a message or, or an announcement and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Checking with multiple sources is also, you know, naturally a good idea. This is this is something that is probably very general information about finding information online these days anyway, but certainly as far as it pertains to basketball gaming, uh, see, consider the source, uh, look at the reputable sources. Are they reporting it? Are they picking it up? Are they mentioning whether it's rumors or, or speculation? Because uh, a lot of people just... Uh, will present speculation as news, even if even if it's not just if they're not, if they're not just fabricating right fabricating information, lying about it. They will they'll be speculating, but they'll put it in a way that sounds like they're reporting on it. But it, it's just and, and if you read it, sometimes as you say, if you go and actually read it, even if it's well written, it will be clear that it is just speculation and not actually reporting on it. But that's kind of buried. 
uh, deep in the in the article, or, uh, or they've been very creative. And certainly, the, the clickbait headline title of the article doesn't make that clear. Uh, agree, absolutely. Look for the, oh, bad grammar, uh, misspelled, uh, and or um, names of modes, names of uh, of gameplay mechanics, um, th- things like again when the, with the names of modes. Looking at this this screenshot where they've got my career and it's spelled with uh, uh, the only capitalized letters are M and C, whereas uh, NBA 2K stylizes all its modes with uh, the my with the uh, capital M uh, lowercase Y and then team or career or league GM etc are all in capitals. That is how they stylize it. Uh, whenever they put out a press release, they usually do that. They often have uh, TM or uh, or copyright at the end of, of some of those modes as well. Of course, that's very easy to fake. Um, but but a lot of these clickbait and fake fabricated news, uh, fabricated uh, details are uh, are poorly written, obviously, and and they don't they don't take the time to to put in the detail to 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 proofread for for grammar and, and, and bad English and, and and so forth, or, or little details like the way they present and stylize the names of the modes. And uh, yeah, it, it's something to to look out for, and uh, and yeah, and just be aware that some sites will just put out everything. And, and look at the history of what people put out as well. Yeah, I, I think that I think people naturally want to believe too. Yeah, 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 that's I think that's a big part of it. I think people see something like that and they want to run with it because it's super exciting. Um, Doesn't sound too good to be true. How- Right. Especially the college teams part. That's what everybody's talking about, because the last time we had a college basketball game was NCAA basketball 2010. So we're on a we're on a decade now without a college basketball game. So obviously the announcement of college teams is going to get people excited, whether it's fake or real. Yeah. And again, if if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, Consider the background of, of these things that, that, uh, that licensing has been an issue with, uh, with college. It, it probably, it's, it's a, it's bad timing for it because there are, they are changing those rules and there, there's new deals coming in less new licensing agreements. So it's, it's taking advantage of that as well. So it, which is a shame. Yeah. I, I think that fraudsters will fraud. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that, I think the thing is, is that, we know how it is. We know about clickbait. We know about all of the videos that we see online um, where there's like a the person making the video and he has his mouth wide open. <laughs> and the tagline is Every like thumbnail. 68, 68 college teams and it gets like 500,000 views. But then when you like get into the video, the guy is like talking around it. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's all this clickbait stuff, and it's a way to get people attention and and um, promote themselves and all of that stuff. I don't know why somebody would think promoting themselves that way is positive. Well, the other people... thing is, and, and we've touched on this in previous shows as well, and, I've, and I've, I think I've mentioned a few articles, and certainly one that's coming out or that I've that I've drafted at least, is that it doesn't seem to ruin people's reputation. Like there's been a lot of people over the years that have just put out just clickbait and they've just made up things. Uh, about live and 2K that that have not been the case, and and nobody goes back and, and comments on the videos. This was this was bullshit. You know, <laughs> nobody goes back and does that. Nobody calls them out on future videos and says, "Yeah, well, you said all this," and and you know, giving keeping the receipts of the lies that they've told, and and, and they they continue to build the audience, and and people continue to defend them and say they're trustworthy when they've clearly been lied to. It's a 
it's a really disturbing situation and the, the tribalism around content creators um wish we could get that following frankly um <laughs> we can send but but i wouldn't want that i wouldn't want to put misinformation out there and and get uh, clout you know as much as we'd love that word uh, get clout that way it's it just doesn't seem seem right and and certainly if if you've been burned once by somebody you know maybe they've they've maybe they've got some bad information maybe maybe they're, if they're a young content creator maybe they're just trying the tricks to beat the the youtube algorithm or whatever and make and make a name whatever you, you if if it happens once or twice maybe you give someone the benefit of the doubt but if they've got a history of just putting out any information and they've never really broken a story or they never they've never had reliable information they've never really fact checked they're always doing the clickbait stuff don't support them don't don't share their content and call them out on it quite frankly speaking of influencers how about uh flight turning down ronnie 2k yeah yeah you know i met flight at the nba live 16 community event um struck me as, a, as quite a good bloke i'm a bit older than him i'm an old head <laughs> he's so much younger um but i you know he, there was that whole situation last year with i think it was last year when he was uh communicating with ronnie and ronnie was basically saying no you're not you're out you're not getting a logo because you know you're a bully you, you don't like the way you you know talk to talk to me and talk to other people and then to try and uh, pretend like there was no friction between them and just offer that uh, i yeah you know I commend Flight for that for saying, "Well, no, you know, you, we we didn't have that. We had the friction last year. You, you never apologized for that. You never reached out to me, and, you, and you're trying to get, you know, trying to reach out now that he's continued to build his audience and has over two million subscribers and whatnot." Yeah, no, I, I was quite. Uh, um, I, I, well, I had a bit of a chuckle actually that, that he uh, that he turned him down, rebuffed him uh, so publicly. Flight, uh, like he has, yeah, I think he has like two million something views per per video. Yeah, he's, uh, he's done a great job with his audience. He, yeah. Yeah, he's done an amazing job, and he's consistent. And I ragged on – not ragged on him. Like, I didn't do it publicly, but I was not a fan of him, really, in the early NBA Live days because I thought a lot of what – he was a kid. You know what I mean? He was like a yeah. kid. And I, I think he was, was 19 when I met him, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was even younger when I first heard about him. And he was just, like, all over the place, and he was screaming and acting crazy and all of that stuff. And then – so he still act. He still flight. But at the same time, he you can tell he's matured and he he really connects with people like people love watching flight. Um, He's he basically he's himself all the time and people really enjoy that. And and a lot of people don't like Ronnie because Ronnie comes off as fake. Right. Yeah. And so I think that they're they're completely different approaches. I appreciated the fact that flight did that. And if you think about it, he could be passing up a pretty decent opportunity considering we're moving on to the next gen right there's going to be a lot of stuff for him to cover and talk about and promote and get his name out there even more but maybe he already thinks that he has such a great audience you know what i mean he's making probably a decent amount of money off of youtube um would, would 2k really get him that more exposure i mean would it would, it, would a logo right. in the game really do anything for him and that's i think what he's evaluated and and again more power to him that he's turned down because there are certainly perks with having that close relationship, you know, you, you're getting that footage, you're getting screen, screenshots and everything, and, and these early previews. You're getting invited to events. You're getting that. Uh, you're getting the, the ear of the development team and whatnot. So, and, and I've had not necessarily. Well, I, I have gone to events in the past, but and I have had that with NBA Live with EA in the past, and it's there certainly are great perks to to having that relationship. 
and it's it's a shame that, that that's kind of with some of the shifts in direction and, and community managers and whatnot that we don't have that with ea anymore you know and hopefully that that can change um but you, you to be able to turn that down and say look no that's that's not my uh, my principles i don't want to sign over I don't want to sign away my credibility. I don't want you to use my audience in the way that uh, 2K sometimes does, I think, with their influences. Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely more power to him. And it's, uh, it's, it is a gutsy move to, to do that and to turn down the obvious perks to do it. But at the same time, I think he does have that big audience uh, that he's worked so hard to cultivate and, and that they are very loyal to him, that they appreciate, as you say, his, uh, his honesty, his realness, his, um, you know, his, his, uh, how genuine he is that they appreciate that, that he doesn't want to, to sell that out or to change that or have to compromise that in any way, uh, I, th- I think is very commendable. He gained more loyalty, actually. I think he gained more loyalty and respect from the people who already follow him. If anything, it's going to help him. Yeah, That's my opinion. I mean, I, I think that he did the right thing. Um, Flight probably looks at it now as he's his own entity, right? He's his own brand. He's his own 2K really right as far as like he doesn't need he doesn't basically he doesn't need 2k to make flight flight no that's the point that i'm trying to make he's flight already um the only thing that can you know the only way he can go backwards or screw up is by you know basically stopping streaming Mm. and stop being him and all of that stuff so i think if anything his audience is just going to grow and again, you you have to weigh up the the pros and cons of if you if you are going to be an influencer with those uh, those credentials with, with with those agreements with with EA or Two K, what they're going to ask of you, how much whether you're going to have to sugarcoat anything, whether whether you're going to have to kind of try and play both sides of, of representing the community, but also being that that person that Two K can come to and say, hey, we want to put you in the video for uh, for my team trailer, you know, have you reacting to these packs that. <laughs> That are going to be much better odds than anybody that's actually playing the game normally is going to get, which which really bothers me with the Mighty and trailers. I think that they've, like I said, I don't like. I've said it before. I don't like saying. People throw that around the term "you lied" a lot, and and sometimes, like like for example, with with the clickbait stuff that we've just been talking about with that blurb, there's going to be some people that. Uh, that if, if some of that stuff isn't in the game, if that is all BS, there's going to be some people saying, "Oh, 2K lied." No, 2K didn't lie about any of that stuff. Uh, if that's not true, that's just somebody. That's somebody else lying, and and people people get expectations into their head, and they think that's going to be in the game, or, or they say uh, uh, with NBA Live coming on PC, we're saying, well, it's not confirmed. It's it's only being confirmed for the consoles. Don't expect it. People say, oh, it it could, you know, it it could come out still. Like it's not listed. Do not expect it until we hear something, until we actually hear an announcement, and they they just get into their head that it could happen and then they get really upset and disappointed when it doesn't. But they were never let on by EA. They were only let on by their own expectations. And that's that's kind of how it is when it, when it actually goes out of their way with my team trailers to to really deceive with that. I, I really It's something I really don't like about uh, the way they've handled that. In their, in their microtransaction-driven and loot box mechanic mode, it's just really, frankly, scummy. I... Um... You know, part of me thinks this is a little, not off topic, but we were, you know, we were talking about EA Play, so I wanted to kind of circle back based on what you were just talking about. Um, you know, they, th- somebody had made a comment about EA Play. They said, hey, is this, this entire thing going to be just how um, a bunch of two gay, two, uh, excuse me, EA games are moving to Origin? And you know how Madden moved to Origin? Yep. And they started releasing Madden on the PC. That does give me a little bit of hope. 
I'm not going to lie. It gives me it gives me hope that once live returns, if it does return, if they ever give us a damn update, that what they're going to do is they're going to go all out and they're going to also release live for Origin, that they're going to give us a PC version, that it's going to be a version that we can mod, that they recognize the importance of PC gaming. Right. True. Uh, so I, I did want to bring that up because I think it was a big thing in EA play um, from all the commentary that I saw. The big thing with EA play was that, um, you know, uh, they were announcing a lot of um, the importance of it and a lot of games being moved to origin. It, I mean, that, that Madden's return, I think, was huge. That, that's uh, that, that is something that we, we, we said as soon as Madden returned to PC, the possibility that live would come back. Madden again being the much bigger brand for them, but it, it's any return to the PC is promising. Yeah, exactly. And and look at what the community does with it. And I've said this so many times before. Look at look at the amount of views the mod um, videos get. Um, look at it just puts more eyes on the game, um, and it makes the game shine. So I just think it would be silly for them not to. Speaking of PC, uh, obviously there's probably going to be an NBA 2K PC this year, 2K21. It would seem very unlikely that there isn't. We, we touched again on last week about the possibility of it being next gen or last gen. Uh, this has been brought up by uh, VG Beeble fan in the uh, in the forum. Uh, says yes, I'm praying for a next gen release on PC and brings up a point that we didn't consider last week and is uh, quite relevant since we've been talking about the 2K League. Uh, says he says I think with the 2K League being on PC, they will release next gen on PC. Hadn't thought of that. That's a great point. Yeah, because it's already there, right? Yeah. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes that a makes, lot of sense. That makes perfect sense. So this is a it's a completely different situation than when two K fourteen came about. Yeah. Um so no, I absolutely agree with that. I think I think that I think I did touch I didn't touch on that specifically, but I had said we were in different times. Mm, I said that it's true. this is we can't look at you know, with the tech we have today and all of that stuff, we can't look at this as the same situation as two K fourteen. And again, my, my prediction stays the same as does yours that they're definitely going to be doing the next gen, next gen version on PC. Mm. And uh, to to wrap up the whole issue of the rumors this week, I, I do want to put it out there that I don't have a great track record with predictions. Um, I, I've been wrong on, on many occasions, uh, whether due to pessimism or re- relying too heavily on uh, rationale that is based on a previous generation or, or past uh, past behavior that is no longer relevant, past, past uh, trends. Uh, but I really would be surprised by 68 teams, 68 college teams being added in the, in the one year. Uh, a lot of other things just sound like things that we can expect, like design and clothing. We're already getting that. Uh, park affiliations is possible. Uh, the idea that the old park affiliation from 2K17 will carry over across generations, possibly, but I'm I'm kind of not confident about that. You know, we're, we're still getting cross-play, um, you know, being uh, between consoles but being uh, a thing you know that's still something that's being worked on looking at that it, it really does strike me as uh, some things that are, are plausible uh, but I, I don't trust those leaks until we start getting some more reputable leaks leaks and reports from more reputable sources and certainly something that is written a bit better than that because that sounds like somebody summarized their wish list in a, in a bad way and i'll if I'm proven wrong about some of this great stuff, then hey, you know, it's uh, I don't mind being proven wrong if the uh, if the results are good and if we're getting good stuff, the results are positive. But right now, I would take that stuff with a huge grain of salt. Uh, keep what we've set in mind uh, about uh, about clickbait and really uh, double check your sources and and don't be don't be willing to believe everything you hear just because it sounds like a 
just because it sounds good because it sounds like something you want uh because it, that is setting yourself up for a disappointment uh more often than not did you read the end of it it talked about 2k17 yeah 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 i just it's that whole thing just doesn't make sense to me but yeah anyway like keep an eye out people and just stop believing everything that you read i guess if, if i'm if i'm wrong look i'll put my hand up I've, I've admitted to be wrong before i'll be i've been wrong before i'll be wrong again and i'm will quite uh, happily cop to that, especially, again, if uh, if me being wrong means that we're getting something that we actually want and that uh, me being pessimistic about it is uh, turns out to be wrong. But right now I'm, I'm very sceptical about that. And th- these rumours, which I'm sure we will continue to see and we'll comment on them as, uh, you know, analyse them, maybe debunk them, try to debunk them if we can or, or see if there's any possible truth to them. I'm sure we'll cover them as they come up through the previous season, but uh, one of the reasons why I'm very careful about running any news, uh, any uh, information like this about uh, 2K is, and it's to the detriment of the site in some respects because it is clickbait works. Unfortunately, clickbait works to get clicks and views and hits and whatever. But I would rather be uh, reliable. I only want to report what is <laughs> verified. Uh, I did a way back Wednesday, a little while back when I talked about getting a uh, a hot tip about the NBA 2K16's My Career mode and the story and everything, a lot of it turned out to be pretty accurate. And I never ran the story because I couldn't confirm it. And I, I look back and wonder if I did the right thing of, of not uh, not running that story as, as I had it. But at the same time, at the, at the time I couldn't confirm it. It sounded good. It sounded kind of plausible with some of the rumors that were floating about at the time. But I didn't want to put unconfirmed information out there, even if I even if I did the most responsible thing and said this is a rumor I've been I've been handed. Uh, I can't verify this person's identity or anything, but this is something I've heard, and it lines up with some of the things that's been floating around. Rumor, rumor, rumor. <laughs> Everything I can do to be res- responsible as possible, but I wanted to be as responsible as possible, so I didn't run it. Um, possibly to the detriment, I could have had a, a scoop, but. It's it's not worth it if you keep putting out stuff that, that you can't verify and that does turn out to be false. Why would anybody trust you? Although some people do. <laughs> okay, rumor. We should start that hashtag. Okay, rumor, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, playoff, okay, boomer. Okay, hashtag, boomer, yeah. okay, okay, rumor. I'm going to start I'm gonna start saying that. If it's a rumor, well, with the, with the college, if it's a, uh, the if it's Oklahoma, the College of Oklahoma, wouldn't it be uh, rumor sooner? <laughs> Yeah. Okay, sooner. Okay, sooner. Yeah. <laughs> they feel so that to uh, Jim Ross on on Twitter, I believe. Sometimes. So we will continue to cover the preview season as it heats up. Um, I, I think we're going to be in for a lull, the usual lull, Derek, that happens between that first announcement. Then it's just going to be a hold of this speculation. And unfortunately, that's what where the clickbait comes when it's just time when we have no we have no news. We're desperate for it. We're hungry for it, and people just make stuff up. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be the season of all of that. Like, and we see this every year. Um, again, we're at the height of social media, so it's going to be magnified. Um, there's just going to be more posts like that, more rumors going around, more videos made on YouTube and all of that stuff. Uh, maybe even TikTok, which I still think is useless. I, I don't understand people's infatuation with TikTok. Or... Oh, they're going to they're blow our minds, and that's, what, that's where they're going to uh, announce shoelace physics is via TikTok. No, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, and obviously we'll catch on because TikTok is TikTok. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I, it's, uh, <laughs> we're so old. We are literally boomers at this point. <laughs> um, that way, yeah. <laughs> 
But no, I agree with you. I think I think that it, we're just going to see a lot of this. So basically, you and I every week we can weed through the garbage um, and try to decipher what's real and what's not, and what's a real source and what isn't. So lots of fun times ahead, as as there always is in the preview season. Yeah, you know, we touched on online play with the two K league there and some of the problems with uh, with two K online. Uh, something interesting posted in the forum recently about playing older games online, which. Uh, which could really uh, help out as far as those older games that no longer have uh, online services for them. The servers have been shut down. We can no longer play them online through the through the uh, in-game servers, in-game functionality. But uh, it's it's called Parsec. You've been looking into it after it's been posted in the forum, and it's something that uh, might be worth looking into a little bit more. I'd like to try it. Um, you know, you think about like a game like NBA 2K17 where I put built my three big rosters. I'd love to get a game going with some people on the NLSC. You know what I mean? Yep. Maybe Sticky Fingers would want to play, or maybe you would want to play, or you know Simon Lee, or, or some you know some of the people over there, or the Goods, or or something like that. Maybe I want to get a game, and maybe I want to record it, and I could share it with the community and say, "Hey, look, this is a game we just had." Um, you know, we don't have that ability right now to play, to connect because the servers are off for those games. The cool thing that I read when I was reading about Parsec and reading, what, I think it's I am Sluggy, who um, is a cool name, who uh, posted it, but you know, one of the cool things about it is that it doesn't have to be a Steam game, right? It's PCs connecting to PC, it seems. And what happens, that mean, that means if both parties have the game and they both have Parsec installed, there's no reason why they can't play it together um, or against each other or whatever. And this opens up different avenues of possibilities. Like, you know, we talked about, and by the way, I don't think this would happen because I don't think there's a, that many people playing those older games, but let's say you wanted to start a My League on 2K17 and you wanted to have 30 real people and all 30 of those people have the game and Parsec, you could legitimately do a My League online for 2K17 or like 2K14. Yeah. As long as everybody had the game in, the, in Parsec. So I think it opens up a lot of possibilities. I don't think that there's that many people that would do that for the older games. Because as you, you and I have talked about, people just naturally move on. Um, Especially but I think this generation. Cool. Last couple of, the last generation or two, people have moved on more than they did uh, kind of the PS2 era. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a drop the old game and move on. Um, luckily... Uh, there's still people modding those older games. Um, I'm still modding 2K17 and doing 2K16 off and on, and I was doing 2K19 work, but I've been so occupied with other stuff and been working a little bit on 2K16 and 2K17, so sorry to Sticky Fingers, Stildo, Peace Man, Not, and stuff. I just haven't... My priorities have been all over the place, but it is cool to see that those people are still, you know, we're still modding some of the older games, at least. For sure, and actually I showed you something that I was working on for... uh... Little, little thing for 2K10. Yeah, see, and I think um, I think 2K10 is one of those untapped games. It is. We've talked about this before. I think I, I would say that 2K10 is the equivalent of 2K15 for modding. I'd say that 2K10 was at a point where we didn't really have all the tools. It was the second game in the re- return to PC. Um, watch like 2K15. Well, 2K15 was actually the first next-gen game. Um, yes, yes. With, uh, on the PC, so there's some some slight parallels between the two, but just like 2K15 was limited modding wise and modding release wise, um, 2K10, 2K10 was the same way. But when you go back and you look at 2K15 now, 
you realize that there's more that can be done, right? Yeah. And that's the same thing with 2K10. You can go back right now and say, wait a minute, we can do way more and, and mod 2K10 more than we originally thought. And that's because you've gained new knowledge over the years on modding and stuff like that and how the games work and how the file structure works and all of that stuff. So I think um, I think there's a lot of untapped potential in both 2K9, 2K10, and actually 2K15. And, and of course, Redditor 2 came out, and then that was backwards compatible with 2K10. As, uh, and, and, yeah, as you say, we, we learn more techniques. We have the tools to do it. Um, and you go back to some of the early... It's it's You see some of the NBA Live games when you go right back in our modern community that there were some that we never did as much with that we possibly could have because the tools weren't there or the knowledge wasn't there. So it's absolutely true. I think 2K11 is untapped to a certain extent as well. Uh, probably not as much as 2K10 because we did start to have those those tools and it was three years into, uh, you know, two or three years into being able to, to mod the games and we were, were getting more knowledge. But 2K10 is definitely untapped. And going back and looking at some of the mods for 2K10, there's a lot of great little mods that add... Legends, and that, that's what I'm looking to do, just to add some uh, enhanced final rosters with legends and things like that. Just minimalist projects, you know, working in between the, the 2K11 roster to break up the monotony. And I, I wrote an article about minimalist, minimalist modding in, uh, in uh, Monday Tip-Off. Just little things like that, the, the things that we can do, and, and maybe it leads to people doing some retro projects. And of course now, if you do want to play those online against each other, uh, Parsec may be the, uh, the way to do it. And... Uh, that opens up a lot of possibilities. I remember Hamachi, I think, was what people used for NBA Live 08 back in the day. So there's, there's, it's, it sounds very similar to that program. Yeah, and and another thing about 2K10 I want to point out, it's not like nothing was done for 2K10. Oh, true. I, the 2K10 has the 96-97 roster and the 0203 roster are so good for 2K10. The faces, the art, all of it. I love it. I love what the, the roster makers did at the time. I don't know their names. And then 9192, um, they also did a roster for that. So there's definitely work that was done for it, but I don't think that it was as much as, you know, we could have done. I think that it was still in, um, in the infancy of modding for NBA 2K. I like the idea of what you're doing, and I thought about doing that actually for 2K17. I actually thought about bringing back, because the, um, the logos are in the game, in the in the files i thought about bringing back the all decade teams from the uh, earlier 2ks and in bringing them back with their courts with their jerseys um all of that stuff and letting people be able to use those because that's huge nostalgia for me like even going back and playing like nba 2k6 and throwing on um the all decade teams in with like Julius Irving on the eighties East and, and Larry Bird and Moses Malone and, and all of that stuff. There's huge nostalgia in that. And I still love going back and doing that. There's, there's a lot of value, obviously in the big projects, like the one I'm working on for 2k 11, like what Stildo and peace may not have done with NBA 2k 19 with the, the 92 season. Uh, of course, uh, Thunder Shack with the 97 season roster more recently. And um, I'm, I'm growing a blank on the, the 1990 season roster for 2k 20 as well all that great stuff that's being done. And those those projects are very important. Obviously things like URB and UBR, etc. Fantastic. But just those little projects that just add a little something like Missing Legends to the current roster or or they unlock something 
that's already in the game just just uh, that's uh, you know like, like developer teams or things like that and make them make them default or the the settings mod that uh, that uh, John uploaded that unlocks the pre-order bonus uh 2002 Kings and 91 uh Warriors in 2K12 for PC because that was only uh, and, and I think it works on the console as well you you can edit those settings on the console and copy it across uh, because those teams were only pre-order bonuses that unlocked with a code and it was limited quantity. I don't know why 2K did that. Actually, I do know why they did that, but it's it's one of those things that's, uh, that, that I, is, a, is a practice that I don't like. But on PC, at least, we could unlock those teams by using that, by editing the settings file and and, uh, and flagging them as uh, unlocked, as if the code had been entered. So little things like that, just unlocking things, or like you say, bringing back the all-decade teams, or maybe putting out a roster that's got the all-time college teams uh, unlocked in in NBA 2K17, things like that, or, or unlocks the uh, um, the dream team, or, or makes the dream team editable. Little little hacks like that, I think, are, are kind of a lost art in our modding community. We, we rightfully appreciate the big mods and and go for it, but just those little things that that can really enhance the the experience. Or or, or John's roster again, uh, Jasmine, of course, for 2K14 that unlocked all the players for Blackhawk mode. Which again, why why they locked players for for blacktop mode in PC of two K fourteen was very annoying. But by changing some values, he was able to unlock them. Now it, it that roster can't be used in uh, association because of the the changes that make that possible. But you can just load that up and play with all those players on the blacktop without having to do anything else. Little things like that are, that are very convenient and fun. I think are kind of a lost art. It's kind of like cheat code content, right? Yeah, and maybe that's why we love it so much um, because we were we were there back in the days when cheat codes were everything. When you would scour online, you'd jump on AOL and you would like go to these websites and look for cheat codes um, for the different games. So it's almost like, in my opinion, those those one off mods that give you a little bit of extra experience and stuff like that, or maybe unlock a team or two teams or something like that. They're they're very very similar to like cheat code content and and that, that that definitely appeals to me you know the other thing i wanted to bring up um was because i know he listens to the podcast i wanted to give props to sticky fingers for getting into the cyberface modding game um mm-hmm. i don't know if you noticed but he created a thread and he did um you know he created robert parish um did, uh, did touch-ups to pete maravich gave um glenn rice a high top um and did a lot of really good cyberface work and from my knowledge that's something relatively new for him to go in there and you really start like releasing making and releasing faces and i just wanted to give him props there because it's really cool to see community members basically take the time to try to learn a new skill absolutely expanding the uh, the toolkit as it, as it were yeah exactly and, and unfortunately you, you you don't see a lot of that uh, enough of it um i feel like we've been seeing a little bit more with 2k20 because all the tools have been so good and robust and whatnot um but yeah it, i give props to anybody who goes out of their way to learn new skills so actually that brings up a, a, a point worth talking about recently uh luya we, we mentioned on the show before has made a lot of great tools the hook etc has just released the nba 2k tools version 1.01 i believe is now the latest version with the roster editing and all kinds of other stuff for NBA 2K20, which is it's, it looks almost like a Redditor and Red MC, which is which is just huge the rest of the way for for modding NBA 2K20. I haven't checked that out. I did send him a PM and asked him if he would be able to quickly put together like a 2K17 hook tool, so I could keep like the accessories 
because that's one problem with 2K17 is I can't keep the accessory colors the way I change them in Cheat Engine. Um, unfortunately, he's not able to do it. Um, but the stuff that he's been able to do, like between the hook tool and, and all of that, and now that tool that you had just talked about, which I have to look into, um, it's, it's only a matter of time, in my opinion, that 2K snatches him up. I feel like yeah. Today, yeah, see, that's the thing. After Leftos and then Vlad and all of that stuff, um, they also took John, like you said, um, Jasmine from the community. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Louis is not around much longer because they recognize talent. Programming talent is incredibly important. Um, being able to create tools and create, um, you know, the stuff, the type of stuff that he does is valuable for, for them. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's not around for much longer. You know, a lot of people bring up being hired from the community, and from the modding community in particular, and there's there's always talk that, it, it, that it's being done to shut down modding. And I've never bought into that, because if they want to shut down modding, they can do that very easily with lawyers. You know, they don't have to hire somebody and pay them good money to keep them away from the modding community. I agree. I, I think when I first got into the community, I was skeptical of it. Like, I was like, if you remember correctly, when I first started releasing my 2K16 roster, I did it via only PM because I was like, oh my god, 2K is going to shut down modding because of my release. Um, but I started to wake up to the fact that I, um, 2K realizes the importance of modding and how it actually helps their game and how it helps so. their yeah. market their game. Um, they see it on Operation Sports. They see it on the NLSC. Um, and I think they realize that they can pluck a lot of good talent to help their game from the modding community. And how else are they going to see that talent unless they have a place to showcase it, mm. right? So if you look at the big picture, I agree with you. I don't think that they're trying to shut down modding by doing that. I think they're just trying to get grab talent for the game. Yeah, which makes, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, DMX133 is the person who's made the 8990 roster for uh, 2K20. Yeah, and I haven't really checked that out. I have to be honest with you. I haven't really um, done much with 2K20 recently. I got burnt out on the gameplay pretty fast. I went back and played 2K17 and 2K16 and realized how much more I enjoyed the game. Um, I want to agree with Sticky Fingers on another point. He goes, I'm surprised Derek doesn't enjoy 2K19 more than 2K20. And I was kind of on the fence, but I was going back and playing both. And 2K19, in my opinion, is a better game overall. I think the gameplay is better. You yourself said you love 2K19 for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it has some issues. Um, but where it separates itself from 2K20 is there isn't as much of an animation delay. There's less canned animations. The size-ups make more sense. And overall, I just feel like you're in more control of the action. Then on 2K20, the running animations make more sense, the changing of direction makes more sense, etc. So I would say that I agree with Sticky Fingers that 2K19 has better gameplay than 2K20, but overall I still think both of them don't match up well with 2K17 and 2K16. I agree. I, I've liked them both a lot more than 2K18, which is admittedly a low bar, <laughs> I suppose. But I, I've had... I've, in, I've in had. I've had fun with them, basically. I've enjoyed them. I've enjoyed my time. I've put a lot of hours into them, uh, playing them, uh, both mostly my career, but also my team as well, online stuff. So I've I've been able. To, I've got my money's worth out of them, basically, without spending any money on them, because um, I've <laughs> resolved not to do that uh, anymore. I will admit to doing that a couple of times over the years, to uh, because that's what they force you to do to uh, to upgrade your player as quickly as possible. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. Yeah, they they really do. They there's pressure. And they know that people are going to succumb to that pressure and they're going to put more money into it. And unfortunately, they make a lot of money off of it. So I don't see it stopping. 
But of course, now that we do have Parsec, we could possibly go back and play some of those old games and even play them online with each other. So that that, that is something we should try, uh, try out sometime with uh, with PC. If you, yeah, if you have, and I'll, and, I, and I'll compromise too. Uh, I'll play, not compromise, because I love the game, but I'll play a game of 2K11 against you. Maybe we can show off your new roster. How about that? We can go, we can put both have Parsec and we can show gameplay of your new roster. That, that can be our first podcast. Uh, uh, that can be our first <laughs> stream. Yeah, I would be actually. The uh, NLC, I do did sign up for a Twitch account. I do have a Twitch account to stream to. Uh, it's just that I, it's not really a thing that I do, but it's it's just there in case we ever do anything with it. So, yeah, you see, we could do that. Um, I could broadcast it and or show highlights on my YouTube channel. But the other, you know, the other part is too is, um, I'd like to get you my full downloaded two K seventeen roster, and maybe you can put the ten eleven Bulls versus um, a team of my choice. And maybe we could play a game on that because I know that you like 2K17. Yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be another so. good one to, to do. And, and again, because we're a couple of years out from the the service being shut down on it, it's uh, you know I've seen LD2K mention on Twitter that he's been uh, he's an advocate apparently behind the scenes for uh, for bringing back the old service. Do you ever think that would happen? I I just can't see it happening. I do not. I don't see it happening because that takes away from the now, right? That takes yeah. away from the now game, um, and I think that they do everything. We've talked about this before. It's the same reason why they keep NBA 2K17 at 60 bucks on on Steam, right? Yeah. It's because they don't want people to go back and play 2K17. They want people to be playing the now product, promoting the now NBA, promoting the now game, um, promoting all the new features and all of that stuff. So I, I, I don't think – I don't see that happening. And it's a shame because if you uninstall those games and if you haven't backed up the data for them – you, you don't get all the roster updates through because they you get you get the patches they'll come through but the in-game updates the tweaks and the uh, the roster updates don't come through anymore so it it'd be really nice if if just for maybe a week out of the year they had you know a, a an old old game update week or something where they turn on the servers and push through those updates again for people who want to reinstall those games and 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 you know and be retro gamers but uh, but yeah, again there's no real benefit for them doing that apart from goodwill which which isn't nothing because it is worth having especially after some of the things they've done in recent years but it's 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 not beneficial from a, um, a financial standpoint so there's there's not as much incentive for a big company to do that i agree I, and i and i think what's going to end up happening too um if anything they're going to start shutting down the servers earlier for the older games mm. that's just my opinion um live obviously ea sports was generous i mean it's the least they could do leaving up the um you know, service for as long as they did for some of the older games. Um, but at the same time, 2K, I, I, th- I the only thing I can see is maybe them lessening the window mm. of how long the, the servers are up on the older games. And that's just my opinion. I think right now it's like a two-year cycle. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's you know, Yeah, they extended down. it out to 27 months after the whole issue with 2K14 and people getting locked out of their uh, saves after a year. And, and the funny thing now is with... Um, and people are still locked out some of their saves. Some people were able to get back into them, some people not after they turned the servers back on. It was it was definitely one of the first big things of this generation that 2K took hit uh, took a hit on as far as their reputation is concerned. These days, if you, if you play my career, which, which you don't, but playing my career with the stories, uh, if for 2K18 onwards, you can no longer actually play the stories once the game goes offline. Or if, if, the, if you were trying to play in offline mode, you can't actually play the stories, you can only play the bare bones mode, which sounds awesome but you miss out on all, all this other stuff with the offline uh, my career mode that for 2K17 and back, you had, on this generation, you can still play the story 
with skill points in place of VC, which is, <laughs> funnily enough, a grind. More of a grind than VC, even. But, yeah, you can't actually play the stories anymore. So with 2K18, that's why I'm actually doing a Way Back Wednesday uh, on the story of DJ in 2K18, because now it is... Uh, it's for the ages, actually, the, the saga of DJ and Be Fresh, because you can no longer go back and play that because the servers are offline. It's, uh, and I think we're going to see that as we move forward with the new generation is that we're going to lose content. And it's, it is, as you say, about moving on to the next game and not being able to dust off an old favorite, which, which is a real shame because we're starting to see that with that younger generation now, the people that got into gaming kind of over the last decade they're starting to have that nostalgia for 2K11, for 2K14, 15, the games that uh, that came out that, that really resonated with them, not so, more so than the recent games. We're starting to see that nostalgia for the younger generation. We have nostalgia for those games, but that for us, our, our real nostalgia, we, we go back to the 90s and the 2000s for the games that we really uh, shaped our view and shaped our, our... And we talked about this on a previous show as well. Those games that we feel very nostalgic for as... Uh, when we when we wore younger men's clothes to uh, to quote Billy Joel of all people, but we're seeing those younger people now having that same nostalgia for two K twelve to fifteen as we did for maybe NBA Live ninety five or NBA Jam or, or NBA Live two thousand four. Right, and I think more importantly, those were good releases. They obviously, were. yeah, right, and that's why too. It's it's because you know you don't have the same nostalgia for Live fourteen. No, <laughs> because Live fourteen wasn't that good. So that's the thing is they were making good games and, and people do believe those games are better than a lot of what we've been getting recently, especially over the last three years um, from NBA 2K. But I, I find the whole removing content that you paid 60 bucks for very disheartening and, and, and it, it bothers me a little bit. I it, think it is. It's, and it's, it's hard to go back. Bucks. It makes it hard to yeah, go back. Like, yeah. When you, when you buy the game, you're buying it based on the features, right? So like the features that you're going to get. And, you know, when a bunch of those features are taken out because of greed um, um, and also from like like uh, uh, there's a standpoint of like staffing for those older games, too. Right. Like keeping up the ser- like keeping up the servers and people that need to keep up the, the service for those sure. games and keep things going. But at the same time, you paid 60 bucks for that content and it's being ripped away. You know uh, what I mean? So certainly with my career, I mean, it'd be one thing if you could no longer run around the neighborhood or if there was an offline neighborhood that didn't connect to park or anything like that. But as, as it gets more and more online and connected, as the server shut down, we're losing big chunks of the game. So if you do feel nostalgic at any... I mean, I don't think there's that many people that feel nostalgic with 2 k eighteen story, but if you did want to go, to go back and look at it, if you're a content creator like us and wanted to go back and get some assets, some screenshots to, to talk about it in a YouTube video, you better already have that, uh, that footage already because you're not going to get it now. Yeah, exactly. It, it is frustrating. Now, I don't do a lot of content creating to the same extent that you do. You you really dive in deep and you do articles every week and, and all of that stuff. So it doesn't affect me as much. But for somebody like you who may want to revisit that stuff and put it in articles or get it out there and, and, and stuff like that, you can't now. No. You, you would you, have to have a yeah. library. Which, yeah. is, which is what I do as I, as I play the games. If there's anything that I think I should have a screenshot of, yeah, I grab it as soon as I can. Right. It gets lost. Otherwise, yeah. it's there's like no, and so that's unfortunate. But, you know, you know, people can say, well, there's already a lot of content in the game, but that's not the point. No, like, no. oh, you will you'll still have my league and you still have this. Well, that's that's great and everything, but that's not what I paid for. 
that's not exactly what I was adver- was advertised to me and what I paid for. For example, I know this sounds like a small thing, but in my league, you know, it's advertised, oh, download, you know, other people's logos, right? Yeah. From the database. Exactly. And now you can't. So, you know, after the servers are taken offline, all of that content, and if you want to upload and share for other people or go down and um, um, download other people's work, that database is gone. So that feature that was advertised to you when you paid 60 bucks for the game is gone. So And, and also content. You know, I, I mentioned that you get the official updates get pushed through because they're still on the server for both PC and uh, console as well. But if, you, if you're talking about the in-game content, which covers things like some of the tuning updates but also roster updates as well uh, they no longer come through once the servers are shut down so on 2k15 pc uh, i've got the roster update the, the last roster update of course the one you know right up to date with it where uh, isaiah rostin was added to the roster as that uh, as a tribute you know he was added to the roster even though he wasn't going to make it to the league he was also added in my team which is no longer uh, accessible of course but he's there in the roster along with a couple of i think maybe 2k17 with the uh with the make-a-wish kids that got, that got added and uh and ronnie said that it was so sick well not not the best choice of words there ronnie um we talked about that before if on 2k15 on pc ps4 i reinstalled that because i'd, I'd removed it because i was running out of uh, hard drive space at the time so i removed it when i reinstalled it all of those it said all of my data files were corrupted so i didn't have the roster so isaiah roston is not on my uh, PS5, uh, PS5, PS4 version of uh, NBA 2K15, getting all the fives mixed up there, because and, and I'll, it'll never be on that version again because I can't get that roster update, and that's why I've been very careful to, to back up all my data files for the PC version, because if I do ever have to reinstall it on another PC or reinstall it or whatever, uh, I would like to have some up-to-date uh, saves, and you, and you can save things, but unless you have the the official files to come through when they've added new uh, new new data to the uh, to the archives. You miss out on all, all that stuff. Yeah, it's the same. Didn't we say that's like the, with the live twenty? Uh, excuse me, live ten Thunder jerseys. Yeah, um, yeah. and live whatnot. 09, yeah. Where with live oh nine, when you when you get into the game, they don't have their jerseys. They yep. they have these um, generic jerseys, and I can't get the, the game doesn't update that. So I'm stuck. I'm stuck with those jerseys. By the way, the the Thunder ones on NBA Live oh nine. Um, the incorrect ones. So if I ever wanted to put on that game and upload video of Thunder on Live 09, they, they're going to have those. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so, same with me on like, PS3 because so, I, I just got the game on PS3. Uh, what, when it's they're no longer. It was a free update, free DLC that was available in the store, the marketplace in the store, but it's no longer available. Right. Exactly. So that's gone. I mean, it would be nice if they had a database for those older games for, like you said, for that content right yeah. where it was still out there and it's something that we could grab and attach on that's the least they could do because we paid for that product um but yeah it is it is frustrating well, well that is something that is is a real problem with the the current games obviously a lot of stuff a lot of content gets pushed through but if, if you look at the old pc games with the updates the official updates they're still there and we can preserve them and, up, and upload them right right for pc yeah right. Con- but not for console, console, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately and we've talked about this before the majority of the player base is still on console so and, and the way things are done these days even on pc everything is updated automatically through steam yeah that's a little frustrated frustrating for me because sometimes i have to keep based on the mods that i'm using i have to keep off like the game offline 
yeah, um, yeah. like Steam on in order to run them. Like, like if I'm using a certain um, EXE for NBA 2K17 that has all the accessories working, if I go online, the accessories disappear. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, I wish there was a way. I, I I don't know how to turn off updates. I've went in and there's like options. There's always keep this game up to date, and then there's like a second option, but it's again related to the get like steam will automatically update it i don't know how to turn up uh, um updates off for a game i can't seem to find i don't know if that's even an option i, I think it's so. you basically just have to put it in offline mode i think that's the only way of doing it and doing that manually yeah yeah so that's that like you said it, it, that does get a little bit frustrating because like there's no way to stop it so. uh old heads complaining about uh the, the good old days of, <laughs> of updates which were uh <laughs> the games and whatnot but uh, yes we will we'll give that a, a look we will of course once again we will talk about various rumors that come through for nba 2k 21 we'll cover any nba live news as it comes out but uh it just doesn't feel like that's going to come through anytime soon no but i think you should call this episode okay rumor okay, that's rumor. just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> have to see if it's a, I, mean, I need it needed to be a bit longer for the uh for the seo but i'll, I'll figure something oh, i'll figure i'll figure something out i'll figure something out <laughs> Before we wrap up, uh, there's something that you brought up on Twitter. Uh, I did not know this about a, a one-on-one tournament back in the day with uh, old-school NBA players. The uh, the plumbers got together and uh, had a tournament, obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did not know. You shared some uh, some footage of it and some interesting uh, interesting questions. So uh, lay them on me. 1972. 1972, the NBA had a one-on-one tournament. And the tournament spanned a, a couple months. Pre-Mojo. And- yeah, and pre yep, pre merger. But if you noticed in the video, for people who are not following me, um, I'm at D for three eighty four. I posted video on this on Twitter. Um, there's a three point line, and it's not. It's it looks like the real three point line, like that we have now, and that was adopted in 1979. Um, but this is 1972. So basically, what they did is they put in a temporary two point line for this tournament that looks like a three point line. So it's really weird to see that. You know, seven years before the NBA adopted the three-point line, and look, hey, we got like a three-point line in this one-on-one tournament. That looks the same. Um, but anyway, so basically the games were played to 21. Another weird part is you had to win by four. There were fouls. There were free throws. Um, Jojo White had five fouls in the final game that in the finals game that I um, I showed, and it wasn't by position. So that's part of the poll that I put out there. But so basically, here's what happened. There was a bracket, and I want to say it shows it at the beginning of the video that I shared. I want to say there was like 16 players or something like that in the tournament. And they went through all the rounds. They played against each other. And in the finals, it was Jojo White, six foot three Jojo White versus six foot eleven Bob Lanier. That's a huge size difference. Yeah. yeah. So watching the highlights, obviously Lanier used his size. And he won the matchup with with Jojo White. But it got me thinking, first off, that's the last time the NBA ever did a one on one tournament. So it got me thinking, you know, if we if we did if the NBA did it now and they did it during the all star game or even if they integrated into the summer and made it like it was back then, like a two to three month thing. How would you want? And so I'm going to ask you, how would you want that to be done? Would you want a situation where, like, a 6'11 Bob Lanier goes against 6'3 Jojo White? So in that case, you'd be looking at, let's say, um, Rajon Rondo in a one-on-one game with Kevin Durant? Or would you want 
it to be by position or maybe even by height. So if we're doing, if we're splitting it up, obviously at some point the brackets are going to end up, or would you have different tournaments for different positions? You'd have to. Yeah. You'd have to. Because otherwise, even if, you, even if you split up the, bracket, the initial brackets, eventually the positions are going to come together in the finals at some point. Um, you know what? I, I would actually make it positionless. I, I think it's interesting. It would be interesting to see uh, players go up. But what I think it would be important as you seed the brackets or, or put together the brackets that you spread out the players so that, that it would be possible for the best matchups to... I mean, much, much the same way as that the NBA playoffs are seeded so that theoretically... The, the best teams will probably will most likely advance and will have the uh, the marquee matchups happening later in the playoffs and in the finals. Uh, I, I think you'd have to spread it out so that you wouldn't have so that you wouldn't have all the guards possibly eliminated in the in the first round or whatever. I think you would have to you have to uh, see it very pr- uh, smartly. Otherwise, you do have to have the separate. Uh, separate tournaments but i think everyone would want to see the positionless one because isn't that the whole thing these days it's, it's positionless basketball and and we do have guards that can you know we, we've got uh russell westbrook you know uh averaging a, a triple double and, and we've got more bigs shooting threes or, or handling the ball and, uh, and living out their point guard fantasies uh yeah i'd, I'd probably get positionless, wow. positionless. <laughs> Yeah, so I think so. I I would say positionless is positionless as well. However, I was thinking about this, and tell me what you think about this. So you were talking about three different brackets, right, or different brackets per yep. position. So here's the way that I would think it would be really cool is, and I thought about this after is, you have one bracket for guards, one bracket for forwards, and one bracket for centers, and then the three players that come out of those brackets play king of the court. Okay. And that's how you decide your winner. Um, so, you know, how cool would that be? So let's say out of the guard bracket, um, you get uh, who, who would be good. So let's say Russell Westbrook comes out of the guard bracket. Then out of the forward bracket, you get Kevin Durant. And then out of the center bracket, you get Joel Embiid. Those three guys play king of the court to a game of 21. Hmm. Um, I th- and then that's the person who wins the tournament. That could work. I yeah. just I think that would be cool. Yeah, I think King of the Court is underrated. You know, having three people, um, you know, alternating playing one on one to see, and and there would obviously have to be rules behind it and and whatnot. But I think that would be uh, would be kind of cool. But I would agree with you. I think if you didn't do it that way, I think position list would be really fun to watch. It'd be fun to watch Jokic try to stay in front of Bradley Beal. Yeah. yeah. Um, Etc. Um, and then you know below the poll that I, I listed another poll, and I wanted to get your takes on who you think would win these matchups. So, Embiid versus Towns. We'll start. We'll I'll just go down each one, and you can tell me who you think would win. One on one, Embiid versus Towns. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's that is a. I mean, it is not Hakeem versus uh, Ewing, or Hakeem versus Robinson, or Hakeem versus Shaq. Uh, that that is still a pretty good matchup between uh, two t- very talented bigs these days. I might go with Embiid because of his. Uh, he does have the range, but he also has tremendous footwork. I mean, the post game is underutilized in today's game, but he does have some very nice footwork uh, compared to a lot of players in the league. I agree, and I, and I think I, that's why I chose. I chose Embiid, and I think part of that is also because the way Towns normally gets his outside shots is a lot of times it's just at the, like his threes are from the top of the key, and they're normally not covered. I don't think Towns has a speed advantage on Embiid. 
And I think that Embiid could play Towns up close, and Towns does not have a very dynamic shot creation game in the mid-range. And I also don't find Towns to be stronger than Embiid. So I'm not sure where Towns has his advantage, right? Mm. Um, so I, I would agree. I think Embiid um, wins. Um, what about Tatum versus Simmons? You know, I do. I am partial to Simmons in many respects. He is Australian. He spent a little bit of time in my uh, hometown of Newcastle. He's, his father played for the Falcons uh, at one point in his NBL career. He uh, he played for the Hunters, which is our, our, our you know, representative squad. Uh, he was coached by uh, uh, somebody I went to high school with, who was one of the best players I've ever played against. Um, you know, shout out to you, Dean. Um, but all that being said. Tatum has the all more all-around skill set. He's got range on his jump shot, legitimate range. Ben Simmons uh, does not. Even you know, That is still something that is developing and may or may not ever develop fully. Uh, I'm going with Tatum. I agree. I think, um, and I said this too, Tatum has far more in his offensive bag, and one-on-one is just a, a full game of ISO. That's all it is. And if you're going by a better ISO player, it's Tatum. And I think... They're both versatile defenders. I think both of them that both of them um, are long, lengthy, um, you know, are good defenders. But at the end of the day, the player with the bigger offensive bag, um, who's also a great defender, is going to win. So I think um, I think Tatum wins that as well. So what about Durant, Durant versus uh, LeBron? See, I, I could see this going either way. They, you know, they may play Stop seven. It. What? No. They, no. Stop it. LeBron lost to beat. Le- <sighs> That LeBron routinely got beat by Michael Beasley in his prime. Did he? I just I want to point that out on one. Yeah, there's an article about. Oh, okay, it. I did not know yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, LeBron. I mean, LeBron is still a fantastic player. I, I'm not going to count him out or anything, but I, I would go with Durant. Um, that would be my pick. You know, if if they play one game, if they play seven games, whatever, I will go with Durant. Um, just just a flat out scorer. Uh, LeBron is is not at the top of his defensive game. hasn't been for a few years now. Uh, that's even in a team setting. Uh, so I'm yeah, I'm going to go with Durant. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but about that, and maybe maybe everything I read about it was a rumor. Okay, rumor, but that's <laughs> the that, uh, that's what I read. So if he's if he's getting his um, his butt kicked by Michael Beasley in games of one on one consistently, um, I don't think he holds a candle to Durant. If that, if that is the case, then uh, you know I would uh, would be very surprised if he got too many uh, games on uh, on Durant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and then the last one, this is a this is a bit, probably the most interesting matchup out of all of them for me by far um, is Westbrook versus Curry. Yeah, um, I mean, you look at Curry; he's got the the three point shot, obviously that Westbrook. Uh, does not have consistently, but Westbrook does have that explosiveness, that athleticism that I don't think Curry can can stop as much. I mean, is is it going to be a case of? I mean, Curry is is a f- pretty strong rebounder for his size, and of course, it's one on one, so there's no other bigs or anyone to contend with. But uh, Westbrook himself, um, who who is also a very strong rebounder, obviously as a uh, as a guard, um, for some reason I lean lean towards Westbrook, but I, I'm not as confident on that one. Yeah, so we agree 100% across the board. I, I, I absolutely agree. Um, you know, whether you're 100% or not, you lean that way. I think Westbrook, the problem is, is and if you watch in the playoffs, anytime Westbrook was, Curry was matched up with Westbrook, he couldn't really handle it. Mm. 
and this is not an I'm a huge Curry fan. I, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA right now. But his lateral quickness and his strength just doesn't compete with Westbrook. Um, Westbrook's a, a much more a much faster um, faster player. He's stronger than Curry. Um, and I don't think that Curry can stay in front of Westbrook, but I think Westbrook can stay in front of Curry. Yeah. And I think that's the I think that's the um, the difference in it. So I, I I definitely lean Westbrook, which is hard for me to say. I like both of them a lot, but I, I and I'm a, but I'm a big Curry Curry fan. But yeah, I, I would say Westbrook. Just to make it interesting, what if uh, we throw a prime pre-injury Derek Rose in there? Oof. Here's the here's the thing. I, I you mean against Curry? Against Curry or against, Westbrook? Uh, I think both of them would have a hard time staying in front of him. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I that's a great question. He, I think he was, he was something else. Yeah, you know, Westbrook and Rose uh, with younger Rose, and then Westbrook MVP Westbrook, Westbrook and whatnot, and even younger Westbrook. One thing that they have that is amazing is how quick they get off the ground. Right. I mean, you can see them not even going at 100 percent towards the hoop and then they explode off the floor. Um, And that quickness and that quick jump is hard is is something that Curry doesn't have. Right. Yeah. I think Curry would have I think not Curry is quick, by the way. He just doesn't have the same explosiveness. I'd say that I think it would be very tough for I think I would love to see a Westbrook and Rose matchup. I'm not going to lie. That would be fun. It's uh, it's funny. Do you remember when when obviously Rose was out for a couple of seasons there, and uh, or a full season at least, and then he finally matched up with Westbrook again, and they mentioned that it was it was over a thousand days since they last faced each other. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't remember that, but yeah, that's, uh, that's like about, absolutely about three, not- because of his various injuries. About three years had gone between uh, the two of them facing each other. That's, that's amazing. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch some tape. I'm gonna have to go back and watch them play against each other, even if they only did it a couple times when they were before Rose's injuries. It's a, one of the reasons I mentioned it is because uh, somebody shared uh, one of the sites that it's often uh, Twitter pages, obviously that's uh, sharing uh, a lot of highlights. Uh, shared the uh, the famous dunk on uh, Goran Dragic, uh, the Derek Rose had. Oh, yeah, the um, the Stacey King was on the call. Yep. on that one, and it's uh, it's pretty amazing. It's always um, a good time when. Uh, Stacy's calling a Derek Rose dunk. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, that dunk on Drogic was the, the thing the, the, about the dunk on Drogic is it, because I'm talking about that quick jump. It looked like Rose shouldn't have been able to get up that high. No, right, and he did, and it kept. It looked like he just kept going up, and the fact that it was a two-handed jam. Um, yeah, pretty amazing. It's good stuff. Always worth uh, going back and looking at those highlights of uh, you know. But of course, for me, they also bring up thoughts of what could have been. You know, I remember coming home after having a night out with friends and driving home. As I was a designated driver at that time, and coming home and getting into bed and just getting on the laptop and checking the results. And it was it was an early game, a matinee game, and seeing that Derek Rose had gone down with the injury, and that was that was heartbreaking. That was not good news to come home to to say, oh, they won the game, but they've just lost Derek Rose, and then Noah went down in that series, and it was. Yeah, that was a that was a heartbreaker, and, and of course everything has followed. But uh, hopefully now that uh, Garpax is out of the picture, the uh, the leadership will uh, will affect some positive change with the Bulls. 
Yeah, before I talk about that really quick, another moment that's similar to that Derrick Rose dunk, except it was called a goaltend, um, was Shannon Brown's block. If you ever go back and watch that that block that Shannon Brown had off the glass, um, where he intercepted it out of the air. Yes. Um, what what happened to yeah. Shannon Brown? Was he did he get injured because he oh, kind he of was kind Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised uh, he didn't stick around a bit longer. This game was so predicated on athleticism. Yeah. Um that once that waned, so did his career. That's the way I look at it. I think there was an injury that came in there too, but he had some amazing dunks and blocks during I, I, his career. I do remember that, him being very disappointing in the dunk contest. I felt very let down by him in the dunk contest. This isn't it weird though how some people are just better in game dunkers. Yeah. Like I go back, you know, another guy who's did to go way back, um, you know, somebody who wasn't impressive in the dunk contest, but whenever I watch him dunk in game, I'm impressed as Ralph Sampson. Like he really didn't do anything in the dunk contest that, you know, blew me away. But then when I would see Ralph Dan- Ralph Sampson dunk in a game, it looked awesome. Yeah. Um just it's just there's certain players that are better in game dunkers than they are um, you know, dunk contest dunkers. Um, and then there's some that do both great, like Vince Carter and Sean Kemp. Yeah, and, yeah. And whatnot. I, I was, but uh, as far as what was that? I said Jordan and Nick and other a few, like the the few, yeah. Yeah, Jason Richardson. Yes. Um, another one. Um, and then there's guys like Chris Anderson who just didn't impress me in either. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> worst dunk contest of all time. He, uh, the the, bird, the Birdman the, did not fly. He's <laughs> just. No, no, he did not. And Nate Robinson, that, that, that I, I try to get those dunk contests out of my memory. Um, yeah. The Nate Robinson, Chris Anderson ones. Um, the How do you feel terrible. about the Blake Griffin one? Because everyone, because everyone loved Blake Griffin's dunks, and they seemed to turn him yeah. hard after the the middle of the season, the mid season. Everyone was kind of sick of the highlights coming out on NBA's uh, YouTube channel because they put out all the all the dunks and and the dunk contest they didn't like either. They kind of turned on Griffin after that. I didn't really like the dunk contest with Griffin, and the the Kia thing was so stupid. The, 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 the thing, <laughs> it's unfortunate because everybody focuses on the Kia one, and he had the he had best a couple the, good dunks. In there. The best dunk that he had because he had some very very good ones off the side of the board and everything. When he did the off the board honey dip, that one gets overlooked so much, and they they show the Kia one like no, that's not the impressive one. It's the it's the elbow hang off the uh, off the the um off the lob. They do that sometimes, though. Um, you know, they show. There's been dunk contests in the past too, where they're like they show certain dunks, and it's like, wait a minute, this was not the best dunk. For example, you know, D Brown's no look dunk. Yeah, that was not D Brown's best dunk in that dunk contest. He had a couple other really good dunks, like harder dunks. The only thing about the the no look dunk was that he put his arm over his eyes and did a regular dunk. Mm. That's 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 it. And by the way, you know, I love D Brown. Yeah. And I love that dunk contest and I and everything, but but that's what that that's what D Brown is remembered for is the no look dunk. But he had way more impressive dunks in that dunk contest. So kind of like Blake Griffin, right? The, the, follow, no the following year, or, Cedric Sabalas, obviously the the uh, the, uh, the, the, the the blindfolded quote unquote blindfolded dunk. But there's another one earlier in the contest where he bounce, he's standing behind it on the baseline. You probably remember it, bounces it two hand, just a hard bounce over the backboard, runs up and catches it for a very nice. Uh, lob over the backboard that he's bounced off bounced off the floor over the board runs around catches it on it and twists around for a two-handed dunk that was better than, yeah. the, than the blind-handed dunk blind, blind-handed blindfolded no, the dunk uh, the blindfold dunk was stupid there's no <laughs> that is not real i'm sorry there's no way he couldn't see through that blindfold 
there's that that is that that that, unfortunately like you said though again that's that's what he's remembered for right his dunk contest moment was the blindfold dunk and unfortunately it wasn't the over the backboard one that you were talking about i think um yeah it's frustrating I, i i go back though and and watch some of the dunk contests um dunks and there's still so many good ones that never get talked about like really good dunks um greg minor for the celtics had a couple decent ones um but yeah he he's a he's a guy who never panned out in the nba so um, of course Har- harold minor you know he had uh, with his uh with the uh the baby jordan i'm still sad that his career didn't pan out because he did have skill mm. you know what i mean um I wonder if in today's NBA he would have been given more of a chance. In fact, I know he would have. So you remember how Gerald Green started out his career with the Celtics on a on a bad note? Yep. Like he wasn't he didn't really blend in well. He he was he was a terrible like non-reliable outside shooter. Um he didn't function well in an NBA game. He wasn't really strong enough. He he looked lost out there. And then finally like like the NBA just kept giving him chances and then he took off with the Pacers and the Nets and, and whatnot and ended up making himself a pretty damn good career, a good long career. And he made some good money, obviously really good money in the NBA. I feel like Harold minor would have been more of that situation if he had been playing in the mid to, uh, uh, two thousands up till today. Didn't I he feel also like get he injured, definitely was it wasn't minor. Also he, did get, he, did, he did get hurt. Yeah. Um, but I, the injury was what killed his career. Um, I'd have to look back on it, but I, I do feel like he would have had a bigger chance to shine now yeah. than he did back then. So, so. many, uh, so many what ifs, obviously, and uh, and yeah, those dunk contests are definitely worth checking out on YouTube because there there are some that, uh, you know, some of those plumbers were quite athletic, actually. Yeah, I was watching uh, the nineteen eighty three playoffs last night, and it was it's it's the Phoenix Suns and. I'm watching Larry Nance get up and down the floor, and I'm watching Larry Ban- Larry Nance jump for alley oops and stuff. What a freak! He literally like he went up for to catch an alley oop during this game, and his head was above the rim. And you know, people talk about players not being as athletic back then. Stop it! Like Larry Nance, Larry Nance would be a freak of nature athlete in the NBA today. Absolutely. I mean, his, like I said, his head is above the rim here. In 1983, um, it's just I, I, I hate the disrespect that the game gets, you know, from back then. It's uh, did you did you see uh, Bill Russell calling out uh, Kendrick Perkins about that? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, I retweeted it. The the fact that um, I don't know if Bill Russell controls his own Twitter handle. I I, I just want to think that he does. Um, but regardless, the message was fantastic. Bill Russell was an, an Olympic level athlete. So was Wilt Chamberlain. Um, Wilt Chamberlain w- excelled in the high jump, the triple jump, all the long jump, all of that stuff. Bill Russell excelled in the high jump, and he, they both could have been like Olympic athletes, but they played in the NBA. Um, and people forget how great athletes these players were, even guys like Oscar Robertson and Jerry West and whatnot. Jerry West had a 40-plus inch vertical, right? Um, and people don't talk about that. His vertical was actually higher than what, what Russell Westbrook's vertical is recorded at. Russell Westbrook's is 37 inches, or 37.5, roughly around there. And But, you know, the, the disrespect these players from the past get. And look at what they were playing in compared yeah. to today. Look at the shoe technology and, like, what they were, what they were playing in and what they were playing on. 
Um, and then the rules that they had to play by with the strict dribbling rules and, and, and all of that. It's just, I'm, I'm glad that Bill Russell, um, his account or him tweeted that out to be like, uh, listen, LeBron is not the most athletic player <laughs> of all time. And if you think he is, let's, let's revisit what, uh, you know, what I was able to do and the athlete that I was. Yeah, no, no doubt. And it's kind of funny that you always hear the stories of the street ballers who would jump up and, uh, you know, take the quarters off the top of the backboard and leave change and everything. The idea that, uh, that, that there weren't tremendous athletes that we've somehow evolved a lot in, in the last 10 years or something, or last 20, 30 years or something, is uh, ignorant of science, if nothing else. Look at David Thompson. Oh, yeah? David yeah. They said, you know, I, I posted a video about that, and Michael Jordan was talking about him too. He had a 44-inch vertical, um, and probably I think they said that his standing vertical was um, 44 inches, and his one step was like 48 or something like that. And he could, as they said, ch- grab change off the top of the backboard. And he was, I think, six um, four or something like that. Like, do people not realize how unbelievably ridiculous that is? And to back it up, if you watch highlights of David Thompson, there's dunks where he does like a one step into his jump where he's going in for like a tip dunk. And his head, at his height, his head is at the rim. And his and his hand is stretched way up near like the middle to top of the backboard. And so I believe it. You know what I mean? I, I can see it. Um, yeah. And it's just it's, – it's crazy that people don't rec- – like the whole evolution thing – just it, it really gets to me and you know it, i think people look at it sometimes like video games how they, how far they've come uh, technologically with uh, graphics and whatnot but then again some things in games go backwards too you know we, we don't always uh, it's not always a straight path forward yeah and technology and video games are not human beings either just point. because something <laughs> evolves, yeah, you know, just because something evolves in the tech field doesn't mean that humans are also um, evolving or evolving at the same rate or anything like that. So they're completely different scenarios. But you're right; that is the way that people look at it. Uh, boomers and rumors—that might be our uh, our title for this week's show, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's probably a good one. Actually, that's long enough, probably too, for you. Might just get in on the SEO. So it's uh, we're not doing clickbait, but we, we will do uh, SEO. But, yeah, uh, I think, uh, yeah, as long as you don't post a video with, like, your mouth, like, wide open and your eyes completely wide saying, you know, you know, advertising for yourself, I think we're good. Oh, I could I, never I, see you do I, I have some bad news about the next YouTube video then, so it's coming out, so no, well. Not Ridiculous. To, not, not to worry. But, uh, yes, that has brought us to the end, I think, of episode number 328 of the NLC podcast. Uh, yes, lots of rumors, lots of boomer talk, as there sometimes is. Or certainly uh, millennial talk or Generation Y. I, I lose track of what we are these days, but we're certainly not the uh, the the young bucks, but but not necessarily the old bucks either. But uh, yes, yeah, so we want to hear what you uh, you thought about this week's topics, what kind of clickbait you've come across with uh, NBA 2K in the past and uh, this season as well. What you do to avoid clickbait, and uh, yeah, basically anything else that you uh, we, you know we we want to hear from people. Do we not, Derek? More comments let's you know more discussion um that would be absolutely great we have actually a lot of really great listeners and there's there's comments on a few comments on each show but um i would definitely like to see more talk about what we talk about on here 
absolutely uh, we, we turn over the uh, discussion to you now let us know in the uh, in the comments section on the news post also in the forum the official topic for the nlc podcast is there in the nlc hub section at the top of the forum and of course in our social media as well which i will plug in a moment the uh, show of course comes out each and every week on the nlsc which is nba-live.com you probably know this if you're listening to the show already, but if you've somehow come through another channel, that is the NLSC, of course. We are also on various podcasting apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. On any platforms that have uh, review options, we invite you to give us a review, hopefully a positive one to both stroke our egos and to help with uh, with visibility and spreading the word about the podcast. And we, we definitely... Uh, you know, that, that's something I want to uh, shout out, Derek, to all the people that uh, share our podcast each and every week on our various uh, social media platforms. Yeah, I appreciate that. I see that on um, on Twitter, and then I also see it um, on the other platforms and whatnot, and uh, I appreciate that. I think it's, like, the more the more sharing, the better. And like I said, I appreciate it. So. Absolutely. Uh, so by all means, please keep doing that. Uh, keep tuning into the show on each and every week. Uh, as we always say, as long as you're tuning in each and every week and enjoying the show, that is the main thing, no matter where you do it. Once again, it comes out on the NLSC and all those platforms. If there's a platform that it's not on that you like, a uh, preferred uh, podcatching app or platform that we're not on, let me know and I'll submit the RSS feed uh, ASAP and that should get us on there. Before I plug the NLSC socials, uh, where else can we find you, Derek? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at dfor 384 for all of my OK Boomer commentary. You can find me on the NLSC, um, D for free, um, over on um, YouTube, D for free, and then on the NLVC. Once again, I am Andrew in the forum, very uh, creative nickname there. Also, Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC itself is on Twitter and Facebook at the NLSC. We're on Instagram at NLSC Basketball. We're on YouTube, NBA Live Series Center. That's C-E-N-T-E-R, the American spelling. And of course, keep it locked to the NLC itself, mb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that is all for this week. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.